now, introducing a man whose schedule is so jammed you can call him Jelly, but also because of his envy of this rockin' bod, he is Glenn Clark. Good morning, it is a Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio and a Would You Rather Wednesday edition brought to you by Glory Days Grill. I'm Glenn, he's Paul, lots to do. Just sort of the way that things kind of fell together. It's not like it's the the biggest all-star cast of all time, but, um, you know, some folks are looking forward to chatting with. We'll try again on uh, Daniel Fa'alele today. Also, we will make our Bowie and Norfolk trips for the week today, just sort of the way that it worked out. Uh, Norfolk, Bobby Newstrom, who's a, a, a power machine at the AAA level, and uh, Garrett Stallings at Bowie, who was part of a no-hitter that they threw on Sunday, albeit a seven-inning no-hitter. We'll talk to him about that. Um, Rick Dawson is the owner of Rich Strike, the Kentucky Derby winner. We will chat with Rick Dawson about um, where the horse is. Are they feeling confident about Preakness at this point? And uh, Drew Forrest will check in with us as well on a busy Wednesday edition of the show. So looking forward to tomorrow's show with nothing. That's just the way it goes. That's the way it tends to be when uh, things like this happen. Um, All right, today's show brought to you by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and outstanding benefits on day one. Join for good, bpdrecruit.org. A couple of things. One, I don't care about the the schedule leaks. I I don't really care about the schedule. I'm being completely honest with you. I know who the Ravens are playing. I yes, I you know uniquely, I am thinking about. It has been I don't know six years since I've gone to a football game. I am thinking about uh, taking my wife on a trip to New Orleans this year because she constantly asks if if I will go to a football game with her because she likes going to football games. I do not. I am out. On, that's not part of my business anymore. But you know what I do like? I like New Orleans quite a bit. And if the way for me to get a trip to New Orleans is to have her go to a football game, it's a sacrifice I might be willing to make. So, yes, I'd like to know when it is. I'd like to start making some plans. But I don't care. All of these schedule leaks, all these, oh, you see the Ravens are playing the Bills on Thanksgiving night? I, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe the guy's right. Who knows? Maybe it's just some nonsense to get attention on Twitter. Who the F knows. What I do know is it's not nearly important enough to warrant an amount of conversation when we're, wait, I mean, 36 hours, something like that, 30, not even 36, what are we, 30, 34 hours away from knowing for sure. So I, I'm cool. I'm cool. No, you're wait not. Tomorrow. Well, yeah, I mean, it might not be cool in general, but I'm, <laughs> I'm cool in this department. Um, Joe Dirt reference. Yeah, thank you. Um I saw that they announced like a random Sunday afternoon Cowboys Packers game this morning. Like th- some of these things just don't make sense. Like I this thing where you're just leaking out random ass games. Like, well, in week seven, it's gonna be the Jaguars and the- it's so weird. Yes, they announced the Cowboys Packers game, which goes back to what Fox thinks the NFL is, which is the Cowboys and Packers. Like that's what they think the NFL is. All of they should just say today. Every Cowboys game will be at 425, and no matter how mediocre they are, we will force the entire country to watch that game. That's it. 
And there's your Fox announcement for the day. You're going to have the stupid Dallas Cowboys shoved down your gullet because we believe they're the only team that exists. Yesterday, it was Aaron asking me, I don't understand why it is the Cowboys, the betting favorites by some. Really, Aaron, you don't. You don't. And I love Aaron. I love him. But really, you don't understand it. There is a percentage of the country that believes that there is one team that exists in the NFL, no matter how mid they are. And they have been very mid, extraordinarily mid. Ironic that they share the same state as a town called Midland because it might as well be them. Mid. Fox. We got a big Cowboys game. Do you, Fox? Do you have a big Cowboys game? Stunner. No one could have seen that coming. That you'd have a Cowboys game that you put on at 425 when all we want to do is watch the real games that are being played elsewhere. But the league, in their infinite wisdom, has decided it's smarter to make a small percentage of money selling a Sunday TV package instead of putting all the games on TV and allowing for everyone to buy advertising so we can watch the games we want to watch. I'm sorry. I think I just had an aneurysm. You're all right over there. God. Nothing. The NFL is the most powerful entity in the entire world, and they can't get out of their own way about a couple of things. The biggest one being the Dallas effing Cowboys. My God, how many times have I done the Project Game Day postgame show for a 1 o'clock Ravens game, and I said to Rita, hey, there's got to be a game on right now. Why don't you throw a game on? And the only game that was on was some stupid Cowboys-Giants game that no one gives a flying F about except for the people in those markets. But we've convinced ourselves, not we, they've convinced themselves, because one is the New York market, and the other is the Dallas Cowboys. That means everybody cares. Meanwhile, it was a game of the year last year, and I get it, the the Browns ended up stinking, and the Chargers didn't even make the playoffs. But early in the season last year, there was a Mm Browns-Chargers game that was unbelievable it was like 42 what was the final score it was it was like 42 37 and not only did we miss that game daniel jones started that game off for the giants no it wasn't dan it it was cowboys and it was chargers and browns no i I know that but but in the other game oh okay i don't remember was that what it was was it cowboys giants it was was cowboys giants and daniel jones like broke his ribs in the first quarter so we got a backup quarterback. Oh, I don't even know who that uh, playing been. for the Giants. We were forced to watch that dreadful game instead of, 40, like you said, game of the year. Forty-seven, forty-two. Both teams were three and one going into the game. Forty-seven, forty-two. With Baker Mayfield, who was America's darling at the time, he was in all the commercials against th- one of the most exciting players there is to watch in all of football, and Justin Herbert. Forty-seven, forty-two. And we got to watch, I mean, Kyle Lawletta or who the hell the Giants' backup quarterback was take on the Cowboys because this. Ugh, anyway, sorry, I've, I've spent too much time on this. I apologize. It's on me. It's on me. It's on me. I should be talking about how exciting the Orioles are. Um, we, I, I don't care. I don't care about the schedule leaks. I don't care. We're th- we're thirty hours away. Keep it in your pants. Keep it in your. And by the way, the majority of you are not really planning much of anything. The majority of you just don't have anything better else to do with your time. And so you're desperate for something that, that feels like football. Some of you, I get it. You're actually planning trips. You're actually planning tailgate parties, things along those lines. And so like knowing the dates is helpful. 
because you can start making firm plans. Maybe you need to take some time off of work. Like my wife and I were talking about that last night. If we're going to go to New Orleans and that's the plan, we're probably going to have to take some time off of work. Please don't put that game on a Thursday or Monday night. Please. Please don't put that game on a Thursday or Monday night. Um, so I get it. I get it. It does matter. But keep it in your pants. We're 30 plus hours away. I don't care. I don't even, look, look at the name of the account that it is that you're sharing out breathlessly. And I'm not saying they're wrong. They might be right. They might know something. But my God, they ain't putting a name to it. They ain't saying, I'm Steve Johnson, and I swear that this is accurate. There is no recourse for them being wrong because it's something like at schedule underscore leaks on Twitter. If they're wrong, who are you holding accountable? I mean, maybe that's their birth name. Maybe I, maybe, maybe that's what their, their, mom, their mama named them. Maybe, you know, it's a I, mama named the Cassius, I'm a call Cassius type of situation. Maybe schedule Joe Leaks was <laughs> the name of the person that put like it Like Angelina there. Joe Leaks. Not, you know what? Look at you. Look at you coming up today. Look at you. Just in time for you to quit. All right. <laughs> uh, the Orioles did indeed win last night. And, uh, you know, you could, this is, uh, that's what you call a winning streak. Tell us more about why it matters. He is our one-minute man, Paul Valley. All right, so I could talk about the offense and how they finally spread it out, scoring in four consecutive innings, or Tyler Nevin shoring up third base a little bit, hitting a home run last night, or even Cedric Mullins with his four hits last hey, night. You know what? He's firmly pause, pause. I don't know if anybody can hear us. I don't know if anybody can hear us. We good? Hi, hi, hi. Glenn Clark here. Glenn Clark Radio. Yeah. So uh, if I won't bore you. I won't bore you with all of it. We've had a disastrous start of the morning, which is a shame because we were flying. We were flying content-wise, but uh, it's just the other end. We screwed up, and that's on us, and I'm sorry. I am very, very sorry, and I'll do my best to make it up to you, and we don't have a lot of time here because we got to get into our first guest, but we got a, a jam-packed show, much going on, and I'm very sorry. The Orioles won. I'll have Paul do his minute later. Uh, I was riffing about the NFL schedule and not caring about leaks and the whole thing. And I'm telling you, man, there was just, it was gold. And especially if you never heard it, it was gold. If you heard it, don't lie and tell other people that it was gold. Just bronze or silver if you heard it. Pretend like it was gold for the sake of it. Um, Because we are going to put up, uh, I'm going to edit this recording that we were doing. And it'll it'll be, oh, it'll be funny. It'll be funny for for nobody um but uh my sincere apologies my sincere apologies from the technical issues that we had earlier on this morning but i believe they are now fixed and we can get going so yeah orioles win uh kyle bradish looks like a genius we'll talk about that as the show goes on uh reed detmers threw a no-hitter last night anthony rendon hit a home run left-handed that was what? That was something legitimately straight up. They put Brett Phillips in the pitch. The Rays did because they were getting their asses kicked. It was like eleven nothing, something like that. And so Anthony Rendon for S's and giggles went to the other side of the plate and hit a home run. Get the f out of it's here! It's a legit thing that actually happened. That's more impressive than the inside the park home run yesterday. Uh, who hit inside the park home run? Uh, Harrison Bader did against the Orioles. Oh right, that's right. Sorry, I'm like, what? what I was trying to think of another game. I'm like, God. Um. Yeah, it was wild. It was a wild scene. That's and, and by the way, insane. it was in a game where a no hitter happened, so nobody's talking about it because you know there was a no hitter. Um, Suns get right at home and win Game Five against Dallas. As I said, it's it's far more difficult for a team whose only ability to succeed has to involve them hitting down massive amounts of threes. 
it's far more difficult to do that on the road, which doesn't mean they can't go right back to Dallas and win game six and force a game seven. And it's not as if it's impossible to do it on the road. It's just tougher to do it on the road. The Suns played a lot of defense last night and gave the Mavericks fits and blew them out in uh, game five of that series. Speaking of blowouts, that's exactly what happened in Miami, and I was stunned by that. I thought that Philly had things going and had figured things out. They got their asses handed to them in game five in Miami last night, so that's that. It's kind of a recap of everything that occurred uh, that matters. We'll get to more of it as the show goes on. Coming up, we're going to make a trip to Norfolk. We'll chat with Robert Newstrom. Um, also this morning, we will chat with Daniel Fa'alele from the Ravens, and we're going to chat with uh, the owner of the Kentucky Derby winner, Rich Strike, as we will catch up with Rick Dawson, who is the owner of the horse, and Drew Forrest will check in with us. Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill, all on tap. Today's show brought to you by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good. BPDrecruit.org. We begin today's show by making our weekly venture to Bowie to chat with a member of the Bay Sox. And our guest today, well, he just happened to be part of a no-hitter on Sunday. Joining us now here on GCR, he is Garrett Stallings. Garrett, it's Glenn and Paul. It's good to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. It's great to chat with you, dude. Uh, tell me about how you were feeling on Sunday. Like, did you wake up and like look in the mirror and say, I'm feeling dangerous today or something like that? It's... You know, you always think it's something like that, but, you know, it's just kind of another normal day. We've actually... Yesterday completed our fifth day game in a row, so you know had to get up a little bit earlier, go get some breakfast, and then head to the yard. But uh, yeah, definitely special at the end of the day. Yeah, no question about that. Garrett, tell me when. Like, so for those that don't know, Garrett uh, pitched. It, it started what ended up being a no hitter for the Bay Sox on Sunday in Game One of a doubleheader. Did Did you like how deep into a game do you find yourself saying like I I really I got something special going on here like when does it start feeling real to you yeah I think for me personally you know I've been in a few situations like this before like getting really close to a no hitter you know even through a a small perfect game in high school but like I think after you after you cruise through the third inning you know you run out there for the fourth or fifth and you're like dang you know how many people have been on base today um and honestly, you're, you know, you're so much in the zone, you really don't really let it affect you too much. And for this to happen, too, you got to have a lot of things happen. Not not necessarily be the luckiest person in the world, but, you know, got to have some weak contact. You know, there's always going to be sure. one play, play behind you that kind of changes the game and ultimately helps you seek down, you know, the ultimate outcome. But, um, yeah, I'd say... Probably towards the fourth or fifth inning, you start to, you know, rumble a little bit in the dugout. Did, did you, are you a superstitious type? Are you, like, everybody says you don't talk to anybody or anything like that. What did it look like for you on Sunday? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I'm a little stitious, I guess. Yeah. I'm not cra- yeah, I'm not crazy about, you know, doing the same exact thing because, you know, as soon as one thing goes out the window, you you know, you might hit the panic button, but, you know, you'll stand in the same place or you might not try to talk to everybody. But, you know, in between innings, I try and do pretty similar things. Uh, you know, you'll put your glove, glove and hat in the same position. You know, I was sticking towards the right end of the 
uh, of the dugout, but uh, nothing too too crazy. Okay, I mean that's it's at least a little bit though, right? Like, and it and and, and it worked. So you know, maybe you just <laughs> you keep the glove and the hat in the same place forever. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you you definitely. Oh no, I haven't had any Gatorade yet. You could take a sip of a Gatorade and you give up a hit. You're like, darn, I'm never doing that again. You know, <laughs> you might you might do something like that, but you know, it's it's not really relevant. But you know, you like to think so. Oh no, I mean, I you don't mess with it. I mean, my God, as fans, we don't mess with where we sit while we're watching our teams play. Christ, when you're actually part of the game, my God, you definitely don't mess with it. Garrett Stallings with us. Garrett, was it was it bittersweet? you know, getting, getting yanked or did you find yourself saying, Hey, look, it's not a nine inning game anyway. Like how, what was the attitude like as you were getting deeper into the game? Yeah, I think as a, you know, having a super competitive nature, obviously you want to, you never really want to come out of the game, especially when you have something good going. Um, But, you know, a little bit out of my control, you know, I can't sit there and beg and argue, you know, we have some organizational policies that, you know, we have in place just to help protect our health. And, you know, I hand off the ball and Morgan goes out there and has a perfect ending and, you know, puts the cherry on top. So definitely, definitely a special moment to be a part. You know, I think the competitive nature, you know, you always want to go back out there, but, um, you know, hopefully I'll get another chance to do this again. No doubt. And maybe at like the major league level when it would really count, you know, you can be the next Reed Detmers when that plays out. Uh, I just saw that this morning. That's pretty special. And, you know, I was with the Angels for a little bit, so we got yeah. to spend some time with him. At oh, the that's cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, we're kind of at the point where, you know, you keep your head down and you keep working, you know. Next thing you know, you'll see your name on TV. That's the that's the idea. There's no doubt about it. Garrett Stallings with us here on GCR. Garrett, did you it, – was it special enough that you chose to keep anything from the game on Sunday? Did it, was it meaningful enough that you were like, hey, man, I want to – I want the lineup card. I want the something like that. Yeah, I'm not huge on collecting baseballs or doing something, but, you know, I went to the game bucket, and, you know, with it being Mother's Day, uh, my mom and dad actually happened to come to the game on a whim. They live about two hours away, and, you know, it was rainy and cold. They were planning on maybe not coming, but they they came at the last second. So I gave both of them a ball, and I grabbed one, and I grabbed two. I gave one to Morgan and one for myself. And, you know, maybe I'll start – start my collection now and start writing down some that's cool, cool man that's cool but that, that's such a special story that because it was mother's day your parents were there dude like man come on that's <laughs> yeah, the- that was that was, a, that was a pretty special hug you know after you know they were you know some guys didn't realize how you know in the moment you might not realize how cool it is but you know when you've got all these friends and family and um you know guys like you reaching out it, it, it's a pretty special moment and you know Got to keep working, but you got to celebrate it a little bit as well. I feel like it, it's more meaningful because Garrett, you, you're off to such a good start to the season, right? Like if this had been sort of an anomaly after you had been, you know, getting rocked for a couple of weeks through a no hitter, like <laughs> it might be more difficult to celebrate. But in a way, do you feel like you're celebrating just in general? Like you're you're pitching really well as you're moving along now in the Orioles system at the Double A level. You're getting a step closer. Is part of the celebration more just sort of an overall celebration of, of where you're at at this point? You know, I try and keep it pretty simple. You know, it's um, this game will humble you in a heartbeat. I think as soon as you think you figured it out, that's when, you know, your eight-run performance comes. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, I'm I'm definitely not changing, you know, my routines. And, you know, I'm almost working like, you know, it was a, it was a bad game, you know, last outing. And I think that's something that, you know, helps separate me and, you know, you hope to play this game for a really long time. You're going to have really good ones and really bad ones. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I just, I just want to keep it going, and you know, I want to keep working hard, and uh, it's been a really good start for me. But obviously, want to just keep it going. You know, what what was it after after that la- that you know getting that sort of first real taste a year ago, right? Um, what was it that you wanted to focus on this off season and coming into this year, and how do you feel about the work that you put in during the course of the off season? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think. Um, Personally, for me, I've always been someone who can pretty much always find the zone and throw a lot of strikes, you know, and if anything, you know, I threw too good of strikes when I first came up to double A last season. And, um, you know, that can that can hurt you and these hitters start getting really good. You know, if anything, you know, I just need to continue to expand the zone. You know, I've got the ability to put the ball, you know, five pitches where I want to, which is, you know, really what separates me. So I think it's just, you know, I believe in myself more more than ever, and I think I think this game is such a game of confidence. And when you're the most confident player on the field, I think a lot of good things are going to happen for you. So, not necessarily game changing things. I did add a you know a sweepier slider to my mix. It's helped me helped me a bunch already. Still getting the hang hang of it, but um, honestly, I think my mental game is just in tip top shape right now. And um, always trying to improve it where'd that come from where 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 did that level of confidence is that just something that's sort of always been in you or did did that where did it come from that you've gotten to that place mentally yeah I think uh, I think if anything you know as an athlete you want to go back to times when you know you're at your best especially when you're not performing at the time um you know so naturally last year was my first year playing playing at the minor league level, even though it was my third year, just due to circumstances and COVID and whatnot. And, you know, I wasn't quite myself when I got out there, you know, I had a pretty good year, but not as good a year as I wanted to. So I think deep down, you always want to take a look in the mirror and look pretty hard on some of the areas you can improve on. And I kind of took myself back to when I was at the university of Tennessee, you know, I really didn't care who I was pitching against Mm -hmm. pitching with the chip on my shoulder. Um, And I think I had lost that mentality a little bit and, now that I've kind of re-implemented it and, you know, believing in myself at an extreme level, I think I think it's uh, paying off. So um, I think if anything, you know, if young athletes are listening, you know, look back at a time when you're having your most fun, when you're competing at the highest level and succeeding and, you know, remember what that feels like. Remember, remember what you're doing, your routine and, you know, whenever you're in a spot of trouble, you know, kind of revert back to that. I remember hearing how excited you were to to end up in this organization in the Iglesias trade, and I get it. You're you know you're from Virginia, family's not far away. Did did that create make an additional amount? You know, knowing that a team wanted you and being able to be close to home, did that create an additional amount of of confidence that that you were able to build up as you got into the Orioles system? Yeah, absolutely. I think if anything, you know, being a part of a trade is a little bit of a confusing time. Um, but ultimately, another team wants you big enough to trade you for an important piece to their team. So being on the East Coast is really big. I grew up uh, in Chesapeake, Virginia. And so the home team I would go see growing up was the Norfolk Tides. And pretty surreal, you know, I hope to be there at some point this year. Right. And, you know, have, have a big hometown section. And, you know, we played in Richmond a few weeks ago, and I was fortunate enough to pitch twice there. Um, you know, my mom grew up in Richmond. All of her, you know, big family lives there. So I had a, I had a really big cheering section there on Tuesday and Sunday. And, you know, my grandfather's a big, big Orioles fan. And, you know, he passed away when I was really young. So didn't quite have the 
know, relationship with him, but, you know, it's still pretty special when you start to hear some of these stories. And um, end of the day, you know, you just want to help the team out that, that you're with and pretty special with uh, the talent going through this system. And no it's been really fun to be a part of. By the way, the Bay Sox are on the road this week, but they will be back home next Tuesday night to open up a six-game homestand. Promotions next week include Military Appreciation Night, Wolf Wednesday where you can bring your dog to the ballpark, College Colors Night, as well as a Girl Scout campout, fireworks, and more. Uh, find out more by going to BaySox.com and get your tickets for next week as the Bowie Bay Sox return home. Garrett, you know, all that stuff, it, it's in, incredibly special, but you reference, you know, where this organization is right now, what's going on, this system. I know you got to spend some time with Adley Rutschman a couple of weeks ago. W- what was that like? I don't know if you've even gotten to know him maybe a little bit beforehand, but what was it like spending time with him, and how exciting is it for everyone, the idea that, like, you guys are, the expectation is you're going to be part of, of the next sort of great Baltimore Orioles team. Yeah, no, it was pretty special. You know, I hadn't, with being traded here last year, you know, I was kind of secluded to a certain area, especially with COVID going on during spring training. So I'm still, you know, meeting guys throughout this year, which is kind of interesting. You'd think I know everybody, but, you know, I got to throw to Adley once this spring training, um, and he did a phenomenal job, had a really good outing. And, you know, I wanted to throw one pitch to, I think it was Robert Newstrom and, I shook him off and he put the same pitch right back down and I threw it and I think I got him out or struck him out or something. And, um, you know, sometimes you got to trust the guys, you know, they might know him better than you do. And, um, you know, he's a pretty, pretty special player. That was the first time I really got to see him play was in Bowie this week. And, you know, he really does make it look easy and he's, he's a pretty humble player who plays really hard. And I think as, as you mentioned for, Orioles nation. It's got to be one of the most exciting times. You know, it's pretty encouraging seeing, you know, the big league club winning some games and having lots of fans in the stands. And, you know, I think even more so having some of these prospects, you know, Kyle Bradish pitched yesterday yeah, and had man. a phenomenal game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just some of these youngsters coming in and, you know, planting their feet in the ground is going to be pretty special for the future moving forward. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool to be a part of that. Are you, are, are you saying that you'll never again shake off Adley Rutschman? Is that what you're saying? When you, when you get here, you'll ever whatever he says. It's like, all right, man. You know, you know better than me. I'll do it. <laughs> you know, probably not. I think I'll continue doing my game, and you know, yeah. I like to mix really well. But I think uh, as we work together more in the future, we'll get on a better page. Yeah, right. You'll understand what it is you're looking for. No doubt about it. All right, Garrett Stallings, what can we plug for you? Twitter, Instagram, anywhere that Orioles fans can be giving you a follow. Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter at, um, I think it's at G Stalls. Yeah, with a Z, um, right? It's... With a Z. The, the S was taken, so uh, I had to, had to throw the Z in. Well, but, at uh, some point here, when, when, when you throw that first Major League no-hitter, we're going to get that. We're going to talk to Elon. We're going to get that back, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or, you know, maybe I'm not a huge social media guy. Maybe I got to dive a little bit more and see if I can get that. But, uh, you know, I kind of like the Z, too. It's, uh, you got you to gotta remember where you come from. So, you know, I've had the Z through college and through, through the minor leagues, so I might be sticking around. All right, well, we'll accept that. I think that'll be all right. Uh, Garrett Stallings, man, congratulations. Uh, what, a, what a cool moment that was on Sunday. I know you're looking forward to a lot more of those in the future. Um, can't wait to see what's next for you. Appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thanks for doing it, brother. 
Hey, I appreciate you guys, and I uh, hope you have a good rest of your week. Absolutely, man. Garrett Stallings, as we make our weekly trip to Bowie to chat with the Bay Sox uh, before they head home next week. Again, BaySox.com for you to get your tickets. All right. God, I just wish you guys had heard all the, the incredible stuff. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear it later. I was losing my mind about the Cowboys. It was a classic rant. Brian Powell, in particular, who misses me losing my mind, would have loved it. What do you mean he misses you? You lose your mind like every no, show. No, I don't. Not not like I, no, I really don't. I don't at all, in fact. <laughs> I barely ever do. There's a lot of yelling. No, some of it, it's... it's oh, um, that's in between. It's, no, it's like performative segments. sometimes. Sometimes I do silly stuff, but like... This is a genuine thing that actually bothers me. Mm-hmm. Like, it actually, like, the, the Cowboys constantly being on national TV when there are real games that people actually want to watch right. is a genuine thing that I think is an ill that impacts the National Football League and their ability to create new stars and to, like, all of that stuff. It genuinely bothers me. Right. A lot of stuff, I'm just being silly for the Shit. sake of being yeah. silly. This is not silly and like i know it doesn't actually matter in the world but it genuinely bothers me it, and i get it it's the cowboys and the packers with the game that was announced today i understand aaron Rodgers is in the game i know it's going to be a national tv game no matter what no matter when no matter People where care about dak prescott um not as much as the national media makes it out to that's be. true it's they just don't like that dak prescott on the if we did a list of purely quarterbacks that you'd want to watch nothing mm-hmm. else just say you got to you're going to spend 3 hours on a Sunday watching a quarterback play. Dak Prescott Hang on. We can actually do this. Oh god, we got 2 minutes here. So, Mahomes, Allen, Jackson, Rodgers, Brady. Rodgers, Brady. Herbert. Herbert. Burrow. Burrow. Allen. Oh, you already said Allen. I did. Uh Brady, Herbert. I just want to make sure I've got Russell Wilson. Burrow. Yeah, probably still Russell Wilson ahead. Would you put Deshaun Watson ahead of him? Um, you know, that's a tricky one, right? Because he definitely would have been ahead of him until all this other stuff happened. Mm-hmm. I, I like again, if we're just doing it from a pure pure football perspective, yes, you'd rather watch Deshaun Watson play, but considering everything, there are enough people that are probably turned off by Deshaun Watson that at least there's an argument there. So we're eight in before we even get to a place where we can consider it. And I would still say Matt Stafford is in that conversation, and for some people would be higher, and Kyler Murray is in that conversation. So I'm saying it's not a guarantee he's in the top ten. There's eight that are definitely ahead of him, and then there's a group of about five that he's in the conversation with that I don't know how many of them he's ahead of, but I'm also not certain. Like I can't say with certainty that the average person wouldn't prefer watching Dak Prescott to watching Kyler Murray. Right? Now, I probably wouldn't. I just think that Kyler Murray is more capable of the magical play, even though I don't think Kyler Murray has been you know, the greatest quarterback in the NFL. I just think there's more magic there than there yeah. is Dak Prescott. So I'd go Kyler Murray next and then – you know, I'd start thinking about it, and you know, again, from a pure football standpoint, Deshaun Watson. But at least I can say there's an argument here. But the argument begins at the back end of the top ten. Now, how much of that is because people feel like we do that the Cowboys are being shoved down our throats so much that even though Dak Prescott has had some really good seasons, but we don't, you just don't, you don't, don't want to watch. We it. don't mind it if we genuinely believe it's earned. Like we, the Packers get shoved down your throats too. But yeah. we don't mind it because it's Aaron Rodgers that we're watching. Yeah. We're watching. I get it. They don't win Super Bowls. They haven't in a long time. But they're they're still always a threat. And you're still watching truly one of the greatest players in the history of the position to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. 
it's warranted that that team is shoved down your throats. Um, as much as it drove us crazy in Baltimore that the Patriots and the Colts were always shoved down your throats, I get it. You were yeah, watching Tom Brady and Peyton Manning play football. Of course they were going to be shoved down your throats. The Patriots are no longer being shoved down your throats. The Colts stopped being shoved down your throats because they don't have Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. Right. The, the Cowboys' problem is eternal. It's that they believe the brand is so meaningful that it's irrelevant that they're utterly mediocre. It's irrelevant that the quarterback is good but not great. None of it matters. They think that all you want is more Cowboys. Because it's the reason why all of the... I made a joke yesterday that the Tom Brady thing, the most stunning part about it is that there's a network TV analyst that isn't a former Dallas Cowboy. They are convinced that the, the world revolves around the Dallas Cowboys because at a time it did. And instead of thinking, looking back and saying, hey, maybe let's figure out if we gave people more of this player or this team or whatever it was, perhaps they'd be interested in that. They'd want that. They've just said, well, it's always worked for the Cowboys, so let's just stick with the Cowboys. And I get that it's a difficult thing because the NFC is clearly taking a step back. The, the more enjoyable watches are ent- almost entirely in the AFC coming into this season. But throw somebody else out there. Let's see. Let's find out if we might not enjoy watching more of the Rams, the Cardinals, whoever it was. And they just will never do that. They never will. So what you're saying is you've got a fever. But the only yes. cure is not more Cowboys. Not more Cowboys. No, not more Cowboys. I appreciate you trying to get back the magic we had at the start of the show. We can never fully encapsulate it. We effed up. It we, was an effort. We botched. We there botched. There's an Angelina big Jolie time. reference. We in probably there. owe something, a penance of some sort, for how badly we screwed up. I've got it enough up. penances coming up this week. Uh, you do. That's tomorrow. Are you ready? Yeah, and I also have to go see Limp Biscuit this week. On Sunday, Sunday night. Oh, my God. It's, it's, but well, yeah, because you're quitting. So we got to get it all knocked out beforehand. Yeah. Um, do you have the watermelon? Have you procured the watermelon? I have not. Can I, do I have to get a whole watermelon? Can I buy it in pieces? Like if they have it, like like two, gotta, two five packs. It's got to be a lot of watermelon. You I don't can't, know how much watermelon I can actually eat even without mustard. We'll see. We'll let we'll let that be determined during the course of the show. If we think you're about to die, what if we'll I ease up on it? Three things from Wawa of the cubed watermelon. Three of them? Oh no, theirs are little. Wawa, they're little. We don't go to Wawa. We go to Royal Farms. We don't. I mean, go, we I mean don't Gaga. Do that. We don't. We, no, no, no. We don't even do that. We go to Royal Farms. That's where yes. we go. You can't. You got to go to a grocery store because the, the the convenience stores smell sell small packages. Right, but I'm I'm looking for convenience here, so I don't have no, to no, sit no, here and cut open a watermelon. I mean, you can get you can get chunked watermelon at a grocery store. That can be done, but you got to get a lot of it. You got to get. It's got to look like a burden. You got to fill a big serving bowl. With all oh, the man. watermelon I, see, we're talking I, about. I'm, I'm not as nervous about the watermelon in um, in mustard as I am about the overall amount of watermelon it's I'm got, going to have you to don't consume. It's got to be unpleasant. Yeah, no. It's, it's, it has to be unpleasant. I just feel like the, the mustard's already unpleasant enough. Well, yeah, it's definitely unpleasant, but the, y- there's a half a chance that you... Like uh, really hoping like Jeremy like Conn the other day is like, oh, it doesn't sound so bad to me. Like there's a half a chance that you say this isn't that bad. That's why it's got to be a lot of it too. Because the, right. even if in the, the case that you like it, we still make it unpleasant somehow. That's the reason why it's got to be both. It's got to be both what we think is an unpleasant combination and then an unpleasant amount. In a perfect world, it's all unpleasant. And, and you're miserable and and you just have a, a horrendous day. That's that's the perfect. That's the best case scenario. Oh man! So I remember playing, diarrhea is what I'm rooting for. I remember frankly. playing a game called Chandeliers with some friends, where what you do is you have a you <laughs> look, man. Look, 
We all experimented sexually in college, okay? <laughs> Whatever you and your buddies were doing. And I, look, man, I, 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 so I've had people ask, hey, have you ever put something up your butt? Hey, look, man, not for me, but whatever. It just seems like it, the chandelier would not be my first choice. <laughs> All right? It, 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 I don't, was, was there, a, was was there something that led up to that? Or? So it's this game where you have a bunch of solo cups and they have beer in them. Only filled about an eighth of the way. Okay. And you're bouncing ping pong balls. And if somebody bounces it into your cup, you have to drink. If somebody bounces it into the middle cup, Everybody has to drink, and the last person that drinks has to drink oh, yeah. whatever's in yeah, the middle yeah. cup. Everybody's played that. It's, right. it's, it's a king cup. Yeah. that. Yeah. The, yeah. Maybe that's what, what it yeah, was. King, yeah, it's the yeah. same concept. It's king so cup. So maybe Chandelier's a different game. But anyway, I left to go to the bathroom, and when, you don't want to leave the table because everybody decided Paul left the room, we're getting him. Oh. There, so the amount of beer that I had to drink in a very short period of oh, time. Oh, that's a different. That's a different I was ex- situation. But I was extremely uncomfortable. My stomach was fuller than it's well, ever I, been. There's I, a I, picture of me making again, a face that, and I'm nervous that that's how I'm going to feel after eating all this watermelon. If, if we think there's a risk of you dying, we're going to stop. But we'll see it. Like we'll. Actually, oh, you can know. see it on my is, face is, in this. Is KZ coming in? I don't even know if he's coming in. You got to talk to him and see if he's I'll t- coming. I'll in. text him during the first break. Well, maybe we'll do that right now because I don't know where uh, Bobby Newstrom is. We got to find him. Um, but yeah, th- that's we'll do that tomorrow. We'll be all right. We'll pay that. We'll pay, that. and we should probably pay a penance for th- both of us for how we screwed up today. It was a, a team effort of just mismanagement of the highest order. Just an absolute debacle. To start the day, should show. we try to chug Sprite without burping? Oh, God, uh, was it the banana Sprite challenge? I've never done that one actually. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There was a maybe it was Gino Gradkowski or AQ Shipley. One of those guys did it, thinking like, uh, ah, "I'm a big guy, I can handle this," and was just puking all night. All right, uh, today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD gamblinghelp.org the biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common you've heard them on jobbing out matt and nick jackson the young bucks thanks for having us man appreciate it the great kurt angle thanks for having me on the show i appreciate it and matt riddle yeah man thanks man. the champ drew mcintyre oh, thank you for having me the great ron simmons Damn. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Let's have you. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. 
answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore Police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com stay tuned your chance to win a million dollars is coming up probably not from us you're listening to glenn clark radio maybe this is our penance is that our schedule got screwed up maybe that's the price that we have to pay for our screw-ups earlier on today it is uh glenn clark radio would you rather wednesday edition of the program brought to you by glory days grill I have just gotten the Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios posted on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio, so please start to get your responses in. They are also on Facebook, facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Everyone who responds is entered to win a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios up on both Facebook and Twitter. So we'll try this again. We started to try to do it earlier, but uh, everything went to hell. The Orioles were winners last night. And they're on, can I do my Lou Brown again? That's what you call a win streak. They're, uh, they're playing good baseball. Let's find out more about whether or not it matters right now from our one-minute man, Paul Valley. All right, so the Orioles scored five runs yesterday, and we could talk about uh, – um, Tyler Nevin's first home run and how he's shoring up third base. We could talk about Mullins going four for five and being officially back to his former form. Or we could talk about how they spread it out and scored in four straight innings. But the story of the night last night was Kyle Bradish. Yep. Seven innings pitched, uh, four hits, two earned runs, no walks, 11 Ks. And the big thing with him was in that sixth inning, when he went out there and he got ahead 0-2 on both Molina and Harrison Bader and then gave up a double to Molina and an inside-the-park home run to Harrison Bader, you kind of thought, why are you you're pitching anywhere near the zone on 0-2? But then he comes out after those two things, and he strikes out the next two guys, comes out back out for the seventh and just completely dominates again. And that was nice to see, after, especially after last week, when you, his last start, when you saw him uh, have to sit for an extended period when the Orioles scored a bunch of runs and then come out and kind of get knocked down, around. Yeah. It's nice to see him keep his head, uh, go out there and continue to pitch his game and dominate. <laughs> Look, obviously, Kyle Bradish was the story of the night last night, and you know that's a professional lineup that he was facing. That's not a that's not a poo poo team. That's a that's a real group of baseball players that you're doing that against. And 
he was overwhelming. Um, and yes, it's not as if he was perfect or there weren't blemishes, as Paul points out, but he was overwhelming um, during the course of that game last night. And that is, do you have every right and every reason to be excited about that? When you're watching someone in their second start throw 11 strikeouts on the road against a real lineup. Third start. Start third start, sorry, thank you. Third start. On the road against a real lineup, there is no qualification that needs to be made about that. That is overwhelming. That is that is good ass. Now, does it guarantee that that's who Kyle Bradish is moving forward, and that he is a rock star in the major leagues for the next ten years to come? Of course not. Like, of course, that's not the way that this works. But th- you have every right to choose to be incredibly excited about what Kyle Bradish might be capable of after watching that performance last night. That was outstanding. Uh, got a little hairy there in the ninth inning. Um, it's a bit awkward with Jorge Lopez being away. Unfortunately, um, it was his grandfather who passed away, I believe. Yes. Um, so there's certainly thoughts to his family. But with him gone, they tried to turn to Dylan Tate. Yikes. Yeah, n- Yikes. Not one of his better outings this year. No. Um, but they ultimately won the baseball game, and that it's as we keep putting all of these things together, and the Orioles have now won seven of their last ten games. You find more and more people who want to say, "Well, this might be the turning point." And I'm, I'm trying to be fair about this. It's not impossible. It's not impossible that we will look back on this stretch of ten games and say, "This is when everything changed for the Baltimore Orioles as an organization." But I would also say it's not the more likely of the two scenarios. It's not more likely that this is the moment than it is just that even bad teams have good stretches during the course of a baseball season. Now, that's not to say the Orioles are going to fall apart and end up being a 50-win team or something like that. I have no problem if the expectation level is, hey, I'd like, as we keep saying, I'd like to see some damn progress. I'd like to see something better, and I think this qualifies, even if this stretch is not sustainable, the fact that there are more stretches like this would qualify as progress for an organization. We can have these, we can keep context, and we can be reasonable about it, and when we do that, we can acknowledge it's not impossible, it's not impossible, it's baseball, this is sports, man. The 2012 Orioles started the season off with a sweep, and we were all like, well, you know, they're going to stink. Well, they didn't stink. It's not impossible that we look back at this and say everything changed. But to assume it or to think it likely or anything along those lines is, is an inappropriate way to take a full 10,000-foot view of what's going on here. That's not realistic, not impossible, just not the smartest way to observe this. Pleasant. If you're a if you're like Paul and you're a dyed in the wool, I watch baseball every night type of person, it's extraordinarily pleasant. For those of you that are closer to me and who were not watching night in and night out, it might be suddenly a reason to say, well, maybe this is demanding that I tune in. I think a lot of people had maybe decided that Adley Rutschman's arrival will coincide with when they start tuning in more frequently. Maybe you do it five games earlier than that. Maybe this is enough to say, I, 
I got to pay attention to what's going on here. I got to be in, in tune because this is a competitive, interesting baseball team. You're probably going to end up finding yourself saying at some point in the next few weeks, like, oh, no, they're still, they're still not there yet. They're still, like, it's hard to think that all of these pitchers, the Tyler Wellses and the, the Bruce Zimmermans and the Spence are going to sustain this. Like, it's, it's, it's difficult to fathom that. Although, in fairness, the weather's quite warm in St. Louis, right? Like, that was a challenge that we were talking about is whether or not you could handle the ball starting to fly a little bit more as the weather warms up. Well, it was, it was hot in St. Louis last night, and that didn't impact Kyle Bradish all that much. Um, I, I'm not. I'm just trying to be reasonable about it. Well, yeah, and you look at what they're doing this year, and you look back to last year at the same time in this in the schedule, not on the calendar because things got pushed back a couple of weeks, but at the same time in the schedule, the Orioles had a better record than they do right now, and they were just coming off a of John Means no hitter. Um, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. Remember how we felt about this team at this point last year, and then the wheels completely fell off. Now, this year they're doing it against first-place teams. Against They took a series from the Angels. They split a series mm-hmm. with the Twins. They took a series from the Yankees. Now they've won the first game against the Cardinals. So they're doing it against better teams. Amazingly, somehow, one of the worst teams in baseball, they lost 3-4 of to. Go figure. Uh, they also took a series from the Red Sox, who at the time we thought were better than they actually are. But... So you take it with a grain of salt, but there's reason to be enthused. And the the, the offense is starting to click, and it's been one of the best offenses in baseball the beginning of May. Uh, the pitching has been there all year, mm-hmm. and you only have reinforcements coming here in the, in the coming days, weeks, we, and we have to We have to be fair about that. When we say reinforcements, there's no guarantee that these group of guys are going to succeed at the major there, league level when they get here. We have, no, to be, we have to be fair about that. There's no guarantee, but you do expect that Ru- Adley Rutschman is going to come up and hit better than Chirinos and Ben Boom have. Sure. Right? I don't, I don't I ex- expect that. I think that's a fair expectation. Um, I think it's also, but when you do that, you have to say it's also fair to assume that it, He's not going to hit 300. And it might be that Austin Hayes can't hit like this. Like There, there might be regression in other places. Over four last night, he stinks. N- certainly not that. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like that, These things that we've seen that have been very pleasant beginning of the year, to assume that you're just adding on to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, if, again, if we're being fair about expectations, it's probably just as likely that the pitching is not going to be this good moving forward. Yeah, probably. That not. It's certainly not all of it. That's not to say that, you know, Individual guys can't continue to be good or can't have changed. It's possible they've changed their trajectory. But the idea that all of these guys are going to pitch like this the rest of the way, that spits in the face of reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Again, doesn't mean it, nothing's impossible. I can't see the future. I promise I'd be better at betting if I could. I wouldn't have put money on the goddamn Philadelphia 76ers last night if I could see the future. Nobody knows but being reasonable about it and taking um, a legitimate approach to viewing it, it's not likely that everything that's gone right continues to go as right the rest of the way. In the same, as I say that, that doesn't mean that it's, that we dismiss it, or it doesn't mean that we say, hey, we, we take nothing from what Tyler Wells has done, or we take nothing from Kyle Br- Like, there's something to be learned from all of this. And you you monitor it and you see what happens. It's m- statistically it's more likely that this is a pleasant blip on the radar than that this is a defining turning point for a mm-hmm. franchise. 
But I think it's okay if it's that because our expectations and what we wanted to see, again, were more about just showing something, showing that you're ready to not be moribund anymore. Mm. And if this is the sign of that, that there's going to be maybe two more stretches like this at some point during the course of the season. It's 162 games. That's 16 different stretches of 10 games. And if in three of those 16 stretches of 10 games, you figured out a way to win seven of them, that goes a long way, just three times during the course of the year, that goes a long way to showing, hey, we're not as bad. We are taking steps forward. We are closer. A little fortification, and we might be there. To be competitive. Again, there's a big difference between competitive and winning a World Series, right? This is part of getting there. And I think there's nothing wrong with being encouraged. There's nothing wrong with enjoying it. The only problem is if you start making assumptions Mm -hmm. that this is what the Orioles are now, that this is the moment. Again... There's a way to phrase that correctly. There's a way to say, you know, wouldn't it be wild if this proves to be the moment? But the assumption that that's the case is where it becomes problematic. Orioles will continue their series with the Cardinals tonight. And may it continue to be exactly this pleasant. It'll be Spencer Watkins on the mound tonight against Miles McCullis. 745 on Masson 2 from down in St. Louis. Buddy Andrew Steck is actually down in St. Louis before he comes to pay his penance on oh, Friday. Yeah, making a nice little road He's trip. He's made, made a whole thing out of Maybe this. Maybe not a road trip. I don't know what, I mean, I, I, a lot of people were pointing out the fact that it had been, what, 19 years, 18 years, something like that, since the Orioles had played in St. Louis. And yeah, they so, hadn't been there since 03. Yeah, if you're First a... First time in the new stadium. Yeah, right. If you're an ardent baseball fan who's wanted an excuse to go to St. Louis and see a game, this is your first opportunity probably in for a lot of people in your adulthood to make that trip. So uh, I know a few people. I know uh, Be More Around Town did a trip to St. Louis. There were a, a handful of Orioles fans who were in St. Louis this week. In the hour number two of the show and our first opportunity to meet a new Baltimore Raven, a today's show quickly brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the best place to be for all the playoff games, all the big events, all the big fights, 61 self-service kiosks, FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. This man, is he's, he's maybe the largest human I've ever seen wear a Baltimore Ravens uniform. He was selected in the fourth round out of the University of Minnesota. He is offensive tackle Daniel Fa'alele, and he is with us now here on GCR. Daniel, it's Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It is great to meet you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time, and congratulations on being a Raven. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Dude, your uh, journey to this point in your life is a little bit different than the average rookie in the NFL. Um, When you were able to put on a jersey and and be there this weekend in the facility, and I know it's not a game yet, but, like, this was the NFL that you got the taste of. What came? What were the emotions like for you? What What did it feel like to get to this point, given everything that's so unique about your path here? Yeah, I mean, just seeing the jersey and seeing my new number and new colors, and seeing the Baltimore Ravens logo and being in the facility is just like it's still unbelievable. Um, it's just a great opportunity, and I'm just so grateful that um, Coach Harbaugh and the uh, Costa have confidence in me that I can play here. And, I'm just happy for the opportunity. Daniel, for those that are unaware, when when did football become anything for you? And and at what point did you have any clue that, like, hey, man, this might be, 
like what I can do for a living and to provide for my family? Yeah, so um, my journey started when I was 16, um, when I moved to Florida. Um, that's when I first started playing like organized football. Yep. And um, being around my teammates there and um, just hearing their dreams and their goals and how they want to make it to the league and perform at their best at the next level um, definitely inspired me and motivated me to have that as a, as a goal of mine as well. And, um, yeah, it was just a great uh, environment to work in and, um, and grow as a person. So I'm definitely thankful for that experience at IMG. Was it difficult for you to, to make the decision to, to come to America, Daniel? I mean, was it something that you, your family, struggled with at all? I mean, this is a like, – I can think of some world changes, but this is one of the most amazing world changes someone could ever – You are people joke about saying the other side of the world. You literally came to the other side of the world. Yeah, um, it was it was hard leaving home just because I grew up in a single parent household. Um, so it was hard leaving my mom and my and my brother. But um, it was it was an easy decision to make because we all felt like it was the best decision for me to to grow as a football player and um, and to take that next step to towards my goals of um, playing football. So um, yeah, we all just went in all in and. Um, you know, it all paid off at then. What does this mean to your family? Like now that you're, you've, you've made it, you've reached the NFL, what does it mean to your family? And, and I guess, I, you know, I, I know you've received a lot of attention in Australia and, and you've been profiled by a lot of media there. Do you get a sense for what it means for the entire, you know, continent, the entire country that you're kind of representing with this opportunity in the NFL? Yeah. I mean, it's just an awesome opportunity for me to put on for my people back home and for the community back home because to let them know, like, it is possible to chase your dreams and to take that leap of faith and do something that you really want to do in life. So hopefully I can inspire people in the future to, to follow my footsteps and, and have that confidence in knowing that they can do it. That's awesome, man. Daniel Fa'alele is with us here on GCR, Ravens fourth-round pick. Uh, Daniel, this weekend, did you guys spend more time working? So I, as excited as everybody is to see you play offensive tackle, you know everybody's far more excited to see you maybe um, do some other things offensively. Were you guys working <laughs> on goal line situations this weekend? And can we assume that we're going to see you score like three or four touchdowns in your rookie season? I mean, I'm, I'm always going to be ready to, um, <laughs> for that opportunity. But, um, yeah, I guess we'll just see. Yeah, we, it, didn't, we didn't practice anything specific like that, but uh, – uh, that'll definitely be something fun to do. We need that to happen, my friend. We need <laughs> that moment. Literally every Ravens fan on the face of the planet is dying to see that happen. Tell me about what, yeah. specifically the one in the bowl game, tell me about what that was like for you in front of a big national audience and a crowd like that to get the ball yeah. and, and just know there is nothing these dudes running at me are going to be able to do about me. Yeah, so we kind of installed that play late in our preparation, like, probably the Thursday before the game. And um, for me, it was just like a, I just wanted to take it as an opportunity for one of the big guys to get a touchdown. And, and the whole offensive line, um, you know, supported that and, and wanted to get that for me. So, um, and then once I had the opportunity to do it, to do it in the game, um, the only thing going through my mind was like, I really just don't want to slip and fall because <laughs> they opened up the roof and it was kind of wet the field and oh. stuff like that. So. Oh, man. Um, I was like, I hope I don't fall because either way it's gonna go viral. So, <laughs> but um, but luck- luckily I was able to stay on my feet and um, 
Yeah, get him in there. There was a Dolphins lineman. Actually, it was in a Ravens game last year. There's a Dolphins lineman last year named Robert Hunt who was like literally diving and flying through the air trying to get a first down on a play that didn't yeah. even count. <laughs> like, that it didn't yeah, even. that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, uh, do you have, like, is there a level, if you had needed to dive to get into the end zone, could we have seen a flying 380 pound man? Was there any chance that you would have done that in that situation? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I was. Anything to get in the end zone at that moment, for sure. <laughs> I love that, man. <laughs> Daniel Fa'alele is with us here on GCR. Um, Daniel, look, a lot is made about your size. You are this monster of a human being. Um, what are you comfortable playing at as far as weight is concerned? And do, do you, like, feel the difference if you go down? A, like, you're so big. Is there a difference in 380, 385? You know, like, do you, do you notice those things? Yeah, so... Um, so last season, uh, in college, I played at around 385, um, but now I'm weighing, weighing around 378. So, um, I think I'm going to try and get down to 375 and I feel like that's just where I'm going to feel best at moving, um, you know, laterally and, and, um, with my vertical set and stuff. And I feel like I'll be able to play longer at my best, um, at a lot of weight. So. so you really do notice it when there's, it's a couple of pounds less. Oh, yeah, 100%. Wow. Well, I feel like at that point, I mean, like I notice it when I put on like a 10-pound vest to try to do a workout, but I don't weigh 380 pounds. So it's a little bit, <laughs> it's a little bit different in that way. Um, yeah. You know, as, as far as is, is coming in, obviously, you know, they, you, you've played the tackle position at a very high level, and I think there's a lot of thought. Do you, if called upon, right, if for whatever reason, say Ronnie Stanley's not ready to start the season, do you believe you could slide in and, and, and play left tackle on day one in the NFL? Um, yeah, I feel like I'm I'm going to be prepared and ready to play anything to help the Ravens win. Um, Coach D and uh, Coach Devlin, uh, I have all the confidence in the world that they'll help me prepare and, and um, be ready to play any position. So whatever is needed for us to win, I'm, I'm down for it. What do you did, – did you know – like, did you have a feel at all about the Ravens going into draft weekend? Did you – like when when friends asked, did you say like, "Hey, man, you know the the conversations we've had"? I I think it could be the Ravens, or did it catch you off guard at all? No, I, I was definitely had a good feeling about the Ravens uh, drafting me. Uh, when I took my visit out here, it just felt like the perfect fit, uh, the perfect like offense and um and coaching staff to help me strive to be the player that I want to be. And um yeah, I just had a good feeling about it. And um it was just the waiting game at that point. And um, once I got the call from the Ravens, it was just like. Um, you know, super exciting and, and happy for the opportunity. Does falling to the fourth round leave you with a bit of a chip on your shoulder? Do you feel like you have something to prove to a lot of teams around the NFL? Definitely, yeah. I feel like, um, you know, it didn't go as planned, and um, everything happens for a reason, and uh, I'm just going to take this and, and, you know, like you said, have a chip on my shoulder and, and use that as motivation to throughout my uh, process did you you know Rashad Bateman's here did you have a relationship with Rashad um going back to Minnesota was he someone that you had been in touch with at all um either before or after the draft yeah um so at Minnesota we're um roommates for a year wow um, wow yeah we have a yeah. All right, we got to start yeah, with this. I got to be honest with you, man. I, I'm surprised they like, that you had any roommate at all because I feel like <laughs> they would need to give you like the the, the double room like, to yourself. Yeah, it was a it was a nice setup. It was a four by four, so we all okay. had our own little spaces. So that's cool. That's cool. What what did it mean to you to be uh, hooked back up with him? Like how how cool was it that it worked out that you were able to reconnect with Rashad? 
Oh, yeah, it's it's a great feeling knowing that I have, you know, a familiar face in my corner, that someone I can come to for anything and just um, lean on for any questions or answers, especially throughout this rookie season, knowing that he's already gone through it. So That's awesome. He's definitely going to be a good resource for me. Do you uh, you feel like he's ready to be a number one receiver? In the, I mean, you know him. You've seen what he can do. We're all excited about him. You think he's ready to be a number one receiver in the NFL? Oh, definitely. I feel like this year he's going to prove to everyone why he got drafted in the first round and why he deserves to be um, – wide receiver one he is he's, sure. a, he's a stud man the talent is unbelievable daniel Falele with us here on gcr um uh, daniel it's something what do you miss most about home what's what's the maybe it's a food or, or something that you know as much as you love this experience and obviously it's it's been wonderful your life you're like man there, I, I do miss this though yeah um i'd definitely say my family uh just, you know, with COVID and stuff, the borders have been closed for a while, and they just recently opened up. So um, now I'm starting to see my family um, able to fly in and stuff. So um, definitely just miss my family the most out of anything from back home. Are they going to be able to, to be in Baltimore this fall and come see some games? Yeah, they're actually um, here right now. So Oh, that's awesome, um, man. Yeah, so they'll definitely be here. Oh, dude. They'll be able to see some games. That's, that's so cool. Have you thought at all about something that maybe you want to do for your family now that – you know, you're going to have some, some chat. I know it's not first round money. I understand that, but like, mm-hmm. it's still, it ain't bad. <laughs> like, there's no doubt about that yeah. either. Have you thought about anything you want to do for him? Um, I haven't really thought about that far yet. Um, still just, you know, trying to figure out my rookie stuff. So yeah, I haven't really thought that. Far. Okay. I understand that. That time will come. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Daniel, being in a Ravens offense that runs the ball the way this team does and the ability for a lineman to get downfield and, you know, a 375-pound mammoth of a human to get downfield and bulldoze people, how exciting, again, knowing you would have been excited no matter where it was, but how uniquely exciting is it for you to know the system that you're going into given your skill sets? Yeah, it's definitely super exciting. Uh, You know, it's going to be exciting blocking for Lamar Jackson how um, he's just able to make things happen and um, how he's back there just making plays. Um, you know, he's going to make me look better and it's going to be fun to block for. So I'm excited um, to learn this whole offense and just fully dive into it. Man, I, you know, it's, uh, by the way, it was funny. I, I just saw this tweet. Somebody reminded they said, uh, Daniel Falele is, is literally two Rashad Batemans, <laughs> which is like, it's such a funny comparison that I hadn't thought about, but like, it's about right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's about right that you're that size. Well, okay, so when you walk into a room, uh, people that don't know you, Daniel, what is it that people think you do for a living? Like, what? Like, I'm I'm sure when you walk in, like people ask you questions, like, are are you a wrestler? Are you like, what do you get most commonly from people that don't know who you are? Yeah, um, I most commonly get like, do you play basketball or um, yeah. football? But yeah, just mainly those two things. It's sort of the assumption as soon as you walk into the room that that's the case. Um, yeah. Daniel, I'm, we're so excited to get to know you, man. Really appreciate you taking the time for us. What what can we plug for you? Twitter, Instagram. Where can Ravens fans be giving you a follow? Uh, you can follow my Instagram um, at Daniel dot Fat Lilith, and um, yeah, that's my Instagram handle. And uh, my Twitter handle is um, at Daniel Fat Lilith underscore. All right, you yeah. you say it so much cleaner than I do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna it's it's I, I'm I'm pronouncing literally every syllable of your last name, and and it, it just sounds so wonderful rolling off your tongue. Can you say it for me one more time so I can try to practice it and make sure that I 
I, I hope that I've done it in a way that isn't embarrassing, because I really do. I hate that. I hate when dumb sports broadcasters mispronounce names. Can you say it for me one more time so I can spend some more time practicing it? It's... Yeah, uh, Daniel Fa'alele. Fa'alele. Is that close? Yep, that's perfect. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, man. I, it's ner- I'm nervous now. I might need to talk <laughs> to you more either. frequently in order to make sure I nail it. Um, <laughs> Daniel, g- congratulations, brother. We're so excited to see you in Baltimore. And, and I'm telling you, man, we need... We we need the trick play where you're the quarterback at some point. Like we need this, oh, yeah. we need the whole we need all of it. We need the total package of you in this offense moving forward, all right? <laughs> yes, sir. Hey Daniel, thank you for taking the time for us, man. Congratulations on being a Raven. We look forward to chatting with you again in the future, all right? I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. That's Daniel Falele, uh Ravens rookie tackle who uh, joins us here on GCR and um great dude. Very excited for him and my God, what a what a mammoth human being he is, and what a monster um, he will have the opportunity to be within this office offense. Appreciate Daniel Falele. You got It's got It's very quick. You got to roll right through it. I've been saying Falele, Falele, Falele. I'm going to practice it every. Remind me every day. We're going to practice Falele, Falele. Fa-le-le. It's it's like there are two syllables, but they run right into each other. Fa-le-le. So I've been saying fa a. Mm-hmm. It's fa lele. Fa lele. I think we got it right. Yeah, I think fa lele. We're gonna forget it by tomorrow. We're gonna screw it up. I think I got it. I think it's just you got to run it together. Fa lele. Fa. You see, you did yeah. you did the thing I do. Fa lele. It's it's more like that, right? It's mm-hmm. more like it's just fa lele, but it's not. It's fa lele. Fa lele. It's like it's it's very subtle. The second a. Mm-hmm. Like my cousin, whose name is Anna, going by Anna and not Anna. Anna, as opposed to Anna. I can't hear the difference. Say it again. Anna. A- Anna. 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 But that sounds more like you're trying to be Anna Delvey from um, I don't, that's what in, I, inventing I, Anna. That's what it sounds like to me. Cause she, I called her Anna my entire right. life, and then like two years ago, her brother was like, it's actually Anna. Well, there's a, uh, so my sister and my best friends, my lifelong best friend's sister, both are named Laura. But and my his, wife. but his, well, that's true, right? But his sister, it's not Laura, it's Laura. L O R A? No, no, no. It's spelled the same way. It's L A U R A, but it's Laura. Hmm. And and when we were younger, she made sure you knew. Like Andrea, Andrea. Kind of like that. My sister's name Kinda? is Andrea, yeah. and when people call her Andrea, I'm like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, it's Andrea. And I, I look, man, I am big on this. It's your name. You know what I do hate? I actually genuinely hate when somebody's like, eh, I don't care. Right? Like, no, it's your name. It's it's such a small burden for me to know what your name is. And it drives me nuts. Like, my wife does this. My wife, Mrs. Clark. My wife. My wife. Like, if it, Christine, I have a friend, very close friend named Christine. I, I swear to God, constantly, Christina. No. It's very clearly a different No, name. that's a Her different name. Her name is Christine if you get my wife's I, name right. I, I don't understand why this is difficult. I don't understand why this is something we're struggling with. It's a name. It's important. It's literally someone's identity. It's not all that hard for you to get it right. Like, it's, it's disrespectful that you're not trying. Mm. And so if somebody is spelled L-A-U-R-A but says they're Laura, I'm going to get that right every time I see him. Even when, she, like, his sister and my sister have been around each other, I'm going to make sure I say Laura or Laura. Laura. They, they know. No, I'm not going to do that. That's not their name. It's a Ting Ting situation. They call me, 
They call me Stacy. They call me. That's not my name. No, 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 no. Like in the office when Andy comes back and he says, I'm Drew, and Jim goes, No, I'm not going to call you that. Yeah, now that's a different scenario altogether. That's uh, because the nature of the character, like, stop it. Stop it already. There is, I, I swear to God, we had a friend, we have a friend named Stephanie who for her entire life, she wanted to go by Steph or Stephanie. And then one day was like, I'm at, it's actually Stefania. I, I was knew like, you were going Stefania. I was like, I, I don't know, dude. <laughs> like, I, a, I think you're just going to be Stephanie. I had like, a friend hey. who, had, who had a step-grandmother, and he called her by her name her, his entire life. And then one day when he was 13, she said, call me Granny. And he said, no, I'm not going to call you that. I, she said, no, call me Granny. Yeah. And he just stopped talking to her. I gotta, you know what I struggle with? Legitimately struggle. When we got married, and of course yesterday was our eighth anniversary. When we got married, I had a conversation with her parents about like, because my parents call their in-laws mom and dad. So like when my grandparents were alive, my mother would see my father's mother and would call her mom. Mm-hmm. And when we would go see my mother's father, my dad would call him dad. So I remember when we were getting married, like having a conversation, like, what do you want? Do you want me to call you mom? Do you want me to? Because it's, and if I remember correctly, they both said, yes, that's what we'd like you to do. And I can't do it. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to call my, and and I have good relationships with them, but I can't bring myself to call my mother-in-law mom. I I don't know why, because she's not my mom. You know, like Mm -hmm. it's, I have one mom. That's my mom. I call her mom. Right. And, and I love, like, my father-in-law and I have a great relationship. We get together constantly. But not my dad. I, I, I just, I don't know. I can't, I can't do that. So my mom and dad, who are no longer together, um, they've actually been apart longer than they were together now right. at this point. But he, um, he met my mom through my grandfather because my mother was a physician's assistant, my grandfather was a doctor, okay. and my right. father's a doctor. Right, right, right. right. Um, so he would call him dad. But as colleagues, he called him John. So every now and again, he would mix it up, and I'd hear him call my grandfather John. And it was so weird to me, because I'd always See, hold, heard him call him dad. But now, I call all of, my, I call all four of my in-laws by their first names. Yeah. Which is, yeah. and it, it, to call them anything else would I'll be... I'll sometimes refer, because we have kids, I, I might refer to them as the name that our kids call them. Mm-hmm. Like, I might refer to them, like... Um, uh, her father, we call him Pops. Mm-hmm. So I might refer to him as Pops. Go see Pops. Right. Well, I definitely refer to him that way if I'm talking to my kids. But I might even say, hey, Pops, like when I'm trying to get his attention, because that's more comfortable for me than dad. I, could, I couldn't, yeah. I don't, th- I can't do dad. I just can't bring myself my, to do it. My wife wanted me to call her grandmother on her mom's side, mom Yeah. And I refused because I had a mom-mom. And that was my grandmother. Yeah, that's tough. So we that's compromised on my mom Rose. My mom Rose. All right, that's so that, not that's, bad. That's what I call. You know, I, all of her grandparents had passed by certainly by the time we got married, and basically all of them by the time that um, we got together. I mean, I there was only one of them that was still living by the time we started dating. So we didn't really have any, you know, much of a conversation with that. She, um, you know, what? no, she called my because my grandmother went by nanny. And she called my grandmother nanny though, mm. like until she passed. And we would see her a lot. I found this amazing picture from it was I was scouring through with the anniversary this week. I was looking through the old wedding album and I saw this incredible picture of um, my grandmother kissing my wife the day of the mm. wedding. It's just this my you know now that my grandmother has passed, it means all that much more to me. Um, and I you know yeah, she definitely called her nanny. She 100 percent called her the same name that I did. That's interesting thinking back on it. I don't know how we got there. 
from that conversation. Yeah, but like we went from talking football with Daniel Falele to suddenly talking about what names we call our in-laws. I don't know how that happened exactly, but well, um, if he wants to be Falele instead of Falele. Well, that's if that's his name. That's what we should be calling yeah, him. Yeah. It's just it's it's subtle. It, by the way, it bothers me to, to this day that we got Halodinata's name wrong, and it was Nata, and we didn't say it correctly, and Nata. we and we made fun of Jim Nance because Jim Nance would say it that way. We'd mm-hmm. be like, well, "Listen to this dork overpronouncing the name," and then we were like, "No, that's actually how it's pronounced." And it bothers me because we did it for so long that like I can't break myself from it, and it almost I deal with that sometimes with um, Pat McCary, mm-hmm. who everybody says McCary. But it's McCary. It's McCary, and oh, he told I see, us. I, I he thought told it was McCary, but everybody says McCary, and so like when you say McCary, you seem like the idiot because everybody else says something. Mm-hmm. So they're making fun of you, like this dope doesn't know how to pronounce the see, name. Well, actually, I'm the. He told me that it was pronounced a different way. I've always struggled with the A R I because people call Mario from Super Mario Brothers Mario, Mario, yeah. but he calls himself It's Me Mario. It's true, right? That's and then a good they, point. But then and he I would call, be very offended. Like my God. He would be if yeah. you should hear the things he said. But but Marcus Mariota is Marcus yes. Mariota, not, not Marcus Mariota. Mariota. I believe that's correct, but that's that could be a Nata situation. Which, which is a weird thing. Like, for again, me, it's, th- it's th- Mario, not Mario. There are some guys that just have never bothered to correct it. That mm-hmm. have just accepted this is what people have called me, so I'll just go with it and I'll never correct it. And that was sort of the Haloti Nata situation. Which like makes again, it sounds uncomfortable for me when I try to say not another player with the Ravens who had the same situation and finally one day he was like, Nope, that's not my name. Well, I mean, Jason Oway became a Dafe at the draft, right? right? But, then, like, but this was this was further back and like the whole Terrell Suggs, Terrell Owens type of thing. Yeah, there's that. I'm trying to, I can't think of who it is. I just it's not a big de- like I, I wanna get your names right. I get I get it all the at doing play by play. Oh, it's infuriating doing play by play because regularly I find out the pronunciation guide I'm getting is wrong. Mm-hmm. Because somebody else filled out the pronunciation guide, like a coach, an assistant coach filled out the pronunciation guide, and the assistant coach has no idea how they, they're just assuming because it's what they've called them. Right. So they're just assuming that's how you pronounce the name, right? And then you start pronouncing it. So at, we, at Stevenson Women's Lacrosse Team, there's a, a young lady named um, Lonley Crotty, and she's very good. She's an outstanding attacker. Uh, they're in the NCAA tournament this weekend. They're playing Meredith on Saturday. And um, it's, it's like Lan Lay on the pronunciation guide. So everybody, literally everyone else in the program is calling her Lan Lay. But I was informed by someone who knows her very well, it's Lan Lay. And so I'm the dope that's like, well, I got to get it right. Mm-hmm. But I'm the only one. Everybody else is saying something different. The, announce, the PA announcer saying something, everybody else is saying Lan Lay. And I'm the only one saying Lan Lay. And then it makes you wonder, like, do I have it wrong? Like everybody else is doing one thing. It's damn. It's the damnedest thing. The, the the thing that drives me crazy, the craziest, with regards to names is Anthony Santander. Now that one's that one's inferior. His, his name is Santander, and he said yeah. it multiple times. The only person connected with the Orioles that you hear on broadcasts that gets his name right every time is yeah. Ben McDonald. Everybody else calls him Santander or Santander or Santander. Santander. It's, it's Santander. soft days all around, and the yeah. problem is I stretch that out to make it Anthony. Anthony, Anthony Santander. Because it's even get me started on their first base coach being Anthony Sanders. Oh, Jesus Christ, man! What are we doing here? What? <laughs> what? How? Where did this show go? What Phonetics. just happened? Yeah, this is why. This is this is. You're not. I tell you what. You're not getting this on the fan today. This is what you missed out you're, on the first. Yeah, you're not. Minutes. You're not getting this if you tune into Fox Sports Radio. You're not getting this content. This is gold, baby. Right into your veins from your friend, your pals, Glenn and Paul. 
Uh, we're going to chat with the Kentucky Derby winning owner of Rich Strike here in just a couple of minutes. Rick Dawson will check in with us. Drew Forrester still. And um, sign of a slow burn on Would You Rather Wednesday today. You guys are, I know I posted a little bit late because some of the, uh, the, the panic that we had, the panic, the disco we were dealing with at the start of the show. But um, it's slow burn. Slow burn for you guys. For Would You Rather. Oh, hello. Whew. Know, Would you just, rather verklempt? My God. I don't know what just happened there. Um, but uh, get your responses in at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. You can win that $25 Glory Days Grill gift card. If you missed it, Stan the Fan and Ross Grimsley caught up with the great Rick Dempsey on Monday night. Uh, particularly interesting because we are basically on the eve of Adley Rutschman's arrival in Baltimore. So uh, talking about Adley, talking about catching, the responsibilities, the roles, if you missed that, find it at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com slash video, or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. And coming up tomorrow night, uh, Stan and Gary Stein will chat with Towson football coach Rob Ambrose. And uh, Rob's going to dive in on the NIL situation and how it has impacted college football and the recruiting landscape, things along those lines. That'll be tomorrow night on Facebook Live. This is Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MD gamblinghelp.org that first sip that first bite mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with our popular Korean number two sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home run sauce, white American cheese, and house made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressbox sports or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio so join us live on the bat around every saturday from 10 a.m to noon right here at press box sports
The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. If you miss anything, don't forget that you can find whole shows later on Spotify, Apple, or Amazon Podcast. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Print issue of Press Box available right now. That's Adley Rushman. We've talked a lot about him. He's on the cover. He's going to be an Oriole soon. Great story from Luke Jackson diving in, um, getting to know more about where Adley's competitive spirit comes from, his love of baseball, his love of catching, and why when he arrives, despite the fact that he will be a rookie, he is expected to immediately be a leader on this baseball team. Again, go pick that up right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox, or read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. All right, um, we are going to chat here in just a minute with the owner of Rich Strike as we are less than two weeks away from the Preakness, and the assumption still to this point is that Rich Strike will run in the Preakness, but we'll see if there is any sort of update from Rick Dawson as to how it is that uh, Rich Strike is holding up in the days after winning the Kentucky Derby. Um, and Drew Forrester is going to join us as well a little bit later on this hour. I don't, did, I don't even know if I got if the part... I, I don't know what people heard and what people didn't hear from all of the, the silliness that we did at the start of the show. I have no clue. I, like, I have no clue if anybody heard us talking about the basketball playoffs last night. I don't remember. It all ran together. It all ran together, man. It was a pleasant night for your boy with the Suns winning. Tonight, the Warriors have an opportunity to close out the Grizzlies, who are going to be without Ja Morant um, for the, the rest of the playoffs, and so that probably means one more game, if if I had to guess. Um, I do not feel great about that matchup. I was talking with my buddy Greg Rosenthal from uh, NFL Network last night. I probably... Like, if the Suns advance and the Warriors advance, I probably feel that it's like a 40% chance for the Suns to win that series. I I don't feel great. There's just, Golden State has so much to offer. And I know they played like crap the other night, but they have so much to offer that I just, I think ultimately they're the more talented team, and I ultimately think that if they had had all of their pieces all season long, they probably would have been the one seed and gotten home court. So, it's just my that's just my gut. That's where I am. I hope I'm wrong, but I don't I like the Suns' chances against the Mavericks, and I even liked it when they evened up the series of two two. I don't like their chances in a hypothetical Western Conference final against the Warriors. I mean I, I say I like it at about forty percent. In the East, I think it's still a complete crapshoot. I would I'd say the Bucks are the team I think to beat, but I think it's a crapshoot. All right. Um what a day. I mean, what a week. What a what a change in life for our next guest is his horse, Rich Strike. Last minute gets added to the Kentucky Derby, an 80 to 1 shot and comes from behind to win the race. It is a pleasure for us to welcome Rick Dawson here to the program. Rick, it is Glenn and Paul in Baltimore. It is so great to chat with you. Congratulations and thank you for taking the time for us. Uh no problem. I appreciate the invite. It's it's great to hear from you, Rick. You know, I, I'm sure you've noticed this over the last couple of days. There has been almost a national obsession with your horse and what this horse did, and where it was in the race coming into the final turn. And people have used it as almost sort of like a motivational cry to say, "Hey, no matter where you are in your race, it's not over until you get to the finish line." 
Have you seen the way that this horse has captivated the country and beyond the excitement of winning a Kentucky Derby? Has it meant maybe even a little bit more to you what this horse has done to capture the imagination of this country? Um, Absolutely. Um, I've witnessed it. I've watched, um, you know, highlights of people yelling and screaming and, and then I've received texts and emails and um, et cetera, phone calls from just, you know, folks from all over the country, some from other countries. It's been an amazing, amazing time. And I, and I agree. I, I told people, I said, I no longer am the owner of Rich Strike. America owns Rich Strike. Mm. And uh, he's America's horse now, not mine. And he's, uh, you know, he's doing great. He, uh, he got back from like, I mean, from Louisville to Lexington and uh, got a little light jog yesterday morning and same thing today. He just looks like a champ, acts like a champ. It's almost as if he knows, hey, I I just pulled off the biggest upset (laughs) in practically the history of the race. He just just seems to have that sense of confidence that uh, we always thought was in there. And, and, you know, and I'm not going to lie, I mean, there's – no way we project he was going to be a derby winner, but we really did think we had a good horse and he was going to be a stakes winner at some point once he matured and learned how to race. And of course he is a come from behind guy. So you get to get, you certainly got to get a lot of luck, uh, a lot of racing luck happens. And the ride that Sonny Leon put on this horse was absolutely incredible. No I've watched it so many times that overhead view of yeah. watching him move through traffic oh it's fantastic it's a it's a spectacular I, I feel like by the way that that view of that race will truly be an iconic moment in sports history like it is so just breathtaking to watch how that played out that i think 50 years from now we're still going to be talking about your horse rick yeah, I'm trying to figure out, is that a drone shot or a blimp shot? I, could, I actually, I don't know the answer to that question, right? If it's a if it's a blimp shot, it's an amazing camera, isn't it? Holy crap. I, I've tried to figure it out, and I'm thinking at first it kind of appeared like a blimp shot, and then later with it moving with the horses, I, I, you know, once they straighten out down the stretch, I assume they could have had a camera mounted on a cable, in fact, like kind of like in the NFL games sure. or something where they, they travel with it. The yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's so funny. You I genuinely don't know, but now I want to know too. Because <laughs> it is, <laughs> it is too. incredible, man. It is so incredible to watch. Let, let me know when you find out. I, we will tell you. I promise you, I will pass it along. I'll reach out to our friends at NBC. Um, uh, right. Rick, can you, you know, just for describe the emotions of the moment for you it, it, like have you are you capable of reliving it was it so out of body that you can't possibly relive it like this is just so overwhelming and and not it, it just didn't seem plausible to anyone what was the moment like for you as it was unfolding well um as an entrant in the race uh your 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 group is given us a, a kind of an outdoor suite. Uh, we're about 100 yards up track from the finish line. So right in front of me, fortunately, was that huge big screen TV. And so um, we have a box or a suite that holds about 18. I think we had 25 in there. And so it was uh, full of family and friends. But as, you know, as the race progresses, as they come by us the first time, you know, here we are, we're basically last, a uh, typical moved him in on the rail 
And then I'm watching it on the TV as I go around first turn and the back stretch and so on. And then when he comes into that last turn and I see him start moving a little bit, I'm thinking, oh, man, come on, Sonny, come on, Sonny, getting through all this traffic. And so I'm having to watch it on the TV just like everybody else. And so I, I lose him a little bit when they first come out of the turn. I'm, I'm, which, which one is he? I'm looking for that red and white silk and that red hat. And I pick him up, and he's about, at this point, he's behind that wall of horses. You know, he's probably 8th or 9th or 10th, somewhere in there. And and I see him just have to, I mean, he has to pause just slightly. And I'm thinking, okay, he didn't have to check him. And about that time, those horses just separated slightly. And, wow, he went through that hole so fast. And I thought, oh, man, we got some horse here. And then he came up on Messier, and Sonny either could go rail or move him to the outside, he moved him to the outside, and then right back toward the inside, because as you guys have watched derby races like I have over the years, they horses get tired, and they tend to kind of fan out just slightly to the middle, mm-hmm. and with the epicenter in the middle, and Zandon coming on this outside, it's not unusual for the jock just to let them float out a little bit, and I mean, they're not really blocking, it's just part of uh, game gamesmanship, I guess you can call it. Well, Sonny... Sonny knew that hole was going to be on the inside, and, and he pointed it. And then when I when they came by me, we we're in third, and and but we're moving. And I'm thinking to myself, we're going to hit the board. We're going to hit the board. And and I'm looking by that, you know, just split second, they're kind of past me, and I can't really see them because of the crowd. And I so I go back to the TV, and now we're in second. And then he keeps going. I'm going, we're going to win the Kentucky Derby. We're going to, and holy cow, we were four feet off the ground after that. <laughs> it was the most amazing day. You know, family members and friends, we, it was complete jubilation. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, oh it's so cool. Rick Dawson, owner of Rich Strike, with us here on GCR. Rick, as you mentioned, uh, the horse held, holding up well. We talked to Eric the other day, and, and he said, look, you know, we, we believe he can turn around and do this. Are, are, are you confident in, you know, it, like we're on pins and needles here in Baltimore. Are you confident this horse will be running a week from Saturday in Baltimore? Well, I, I'm confident that he could and he can. I just, uh, we're just giving him, I mean, literally we've had, we've had him on the track and he's just done a couple of little jogs. And, and I don't know if you know much about Mercury Equine where, uh, Eric stables the horses, but it's very fortunate that he has a five furlong training track there on property. So they just go from stall, get the tack on, they walk out and they work out and then they come back. So it's so convenient. We don't have to ship him to Kingland or where else, uh, some other training track, but it's, uh, so the horses, uh, work out great. Well, anyway, um, the question you just asked is the same question I asked Eric and, and the answer I'm getting is he looks fit. He looks perfect. I'm having him checked each day by the vet after he jogs a little bit. We jogged again this morning. He sent me a video. He looks the part. I mean, he really does. He just, God, it looks like he's just blossomed in just the last few days. So I think what we've decided is we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit better work in the morning, and then we're gonna make a decision. Okay. You know, right now, right now we're just jogging. And uh, when you saw Rich Strike finish, you know he's a pretty headstrong horse. Yeah. And so <laughs> you know, trying to get him to jog is not always the easiest thing. But he's really maturing and just kind of coming into his own, and and. Um, you know, I I think he'll do anything we ask him to do. To be honest with you, I think he can run on any surface. I think he can run anything, especially distance, uh, mile and eighth and up. I think he's going to be uh, uh, 
forced to be reckoned with for a long time. How do you handle um, Rick as an owner? You know, like this is this is a first for you, and this is obviously, you know, this is changing your life, right? Like this is a Kentucky Derby winner. Then you have an entire sport that 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 wants the breath of the possibility of a triple crown winner that wants that juice and, you know, kind of needs that horse. It's not just here in our city, but the sport as a whole, like they, they wants that. How do you, how do you measure those two things as you make your decisions, needing to do right by the horse versus understanding that there's an entire sport that's waiting with bated breath for your decision? Uh, uh, you know, I, I understand completely. Um, Eric has actually done, you know, his father was a trainer and then Eric Reed is, 30 some years or whatever, 40, whatever it is he is. And, and so what we, what we've done since day one and when we first met and we sat down about a strategy on how I wanted my horses trained, the type of horse we wanted, all those kinds of things. We, we talked about, uh, the fact that whatever the horse tells us is what we're going to do. It's, you know, I don't want a situation. I, uh, I, my ego is, is not very big. And so my deal was, you know, if I'm coming into town, you know, I, I'm not going to call three days before I'm coming into town and say, Hey, I want to, I want to see my horse run. No, that's never happened. We, we, we got a schedule and we've, we got a plan and we stick to it very tightly and that's what we've done. And so every, every decision we make about Rich strike and our other horses, you know, are they ready? Are they fit? Uh, do they, you know, are they prepared and ready, you know, and, uh, ready to run. And, um, that, then it makes our decision pretty easy because the horse tells us what he needs to be doing. And that's, that's what we're going to do. We'll know tomorrow morning after his work, what we want to do. He seems absolutely perfect right now. The vets have checked him every day. They, they just, it's basically thumbs up. So I'm not trying to sway it, but I will tell you, there is nothing like being the Kentucky Derby winner coming to Baltimore, man. Like it is, you, you will you will be you'll feel like you're the king. Um, it's, there is just nothing quite like being the Derby winner in Baltimore. You are treated as though you are some amalgamation of Paul McCartney, Beyonce, the president, like all just wrapped up into one. Uh, the way that you'll get treated here in Baltimore. Well, it's 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 the obvious choice. It's a dream of mine. It's a dream of my trainer. It's a dream of everybody at the at the farm. Uh, it's America's dream as you brought up. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's not something that we're not, we're taking lightly. We're going to absolutely, um, you know, give it every, every, every consideration. And, uh, you know, and again, like I said, I think Richie, that's, that's, his I, I, I love, Oh my God. I, I, Eric, Eric always referred to him as Richie. When we talked to him, it's my favorite thing ever. It is my absolute favorite thing, Rick. It's, it's, Sonny, Sonny nicknamed him Sonny Leon, or uh, Jock nicknamed him Richie. And of course, in Richie in Venezuelan is R I T C H I E. And so I've been changing it from Rich with a Y to Richie. And because when he says this, is a Richie. Richie's out there. He, you know, I got lots of horses. Richie was ready to, you know, I just love listening to Sonny talk because his English has got that accent that's just perfect. And, um, yeah, I think it's up to Richie. I'll just put it that way, yep. and um, we'll know. We'll know tomorrow. All right. Well, we'll be looking forward to it if it works out that way. And before I let you go, Rick, can you just, uh, on a personal level, what this experience has meant to you in your life? I know you've been very successful in business, and but this is a different world, man. <laughs> like this is. Oh, absolutely. It, the, this this uh, supersedes anything and everything I've ever done in business. That's for sure. 
Um, you know, I, I think what I what I'm starting to notice more than anything else. I mean, I'm 65 years old, and it's this is such a great thing, and uh, feel very very fortunate that, that it happened. But I think what I see in this is how it's not only life changing for me and Eric, but our our families, you know, and extend through children and grandchildren. And this is something that'll that'll uh, cross over generations long after I'm gone. And you know, it's going to be Grandpa owned Red Strike, you know, or Great Grandpa owned Red Strike. And I think that that's what's really really cool is that this will hope uh, Red Strike will uh, outlive us all. It's incredible. I mean, it's just, it was such a powerful moment uh, for the entire sporting community. Rick Dawson, is there anything we can plug for you, sir? I, I didn't, I couldn't find you on social media anywhere. Like, is, there, is there any plug we can get for you? Well, actually, there is one thing that I would like for you guys to, to mention, or, or I can now. Uh, even before all this happened, I was, uh, I met a guy, his name is Colton James. He's a country singer-songwriter. Yeah. yeah, You guys know Colton or heard of Colton. Well, Colton was in Oklahoma City uh, doing a little uh, charity work, and he was raising money for a program and a project he has called Land for Heroes. So it's L-A-N-D, the numeral four heroes. And what it is, Colton's done a lot of uh, concerts and what have you, and appearances over the last several years where most of the time there was a lot of uh, vets and first responders that were invited. Many were amputees, et cetera. And Colton came up with the idea of building this hunting and fishing lodge for these folks, of, of which it's not limited to just those with amp- amp- uh, amputations, but it's for all those folks that have served. And so we, um, I actually, uh, after this little, um, charity fundraiser he had i i talked to him personally and and it was a it's a program that touches me dearly and i said hey i want to how can i help you know how can i help more than just buy the you know buy one of your items that you're auctioning off here how do i help more and he told me that he needed help to buy the land that's in virginia and he said i need to you know i got an option on the land but i need to follow through and get it bought and I said, all right. I said, well, send me all the information. So I contacted a cousin of mine in Houston named Paul Coombs, and he's a retired old guy as well. And I said, hey, Paul, I'm going to do this. Uh, you want to partner up and buy the land for these guys? And I sent him all the information, and he agreed. And, wow. And so we got the land bought, and now they're going. You know, they got it surveyed, and they got it zoned, and all that kind of stuff. And so Land for Heroes will be something that uh, Rich Strike has provided wow. uh, so many open doors for us and uh, we're gonna we're gonna step right through all of them and try to get this done and our plan was to build four or five of these across the country so that vets and first responders you know we don't want to put them on a bus for eight hours or a plane all just think about a double amputee some of them no arms no legs etc I mean it's, how do you put them in an airplane how do you know it's just so many things involved that that really need special attention. And so we, we feel like we need a number of these option uh, opportunities across the country. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to spread them across the country. So these guys, you know, a couple hour ride here, a couple hour ride there versus, uh, all an all day trip on the bus. So, um, but that's one of my passions and, uh, you know, this, this is going to propel 
so much of what we're doing forward and it's going to touch a lot more people than what we've done and uh rich strike's going to be everybody's hero that's awesome man that is awesome well done rick dawson land for heroes that's that's incredible rick congratulations man um an inspiring awesome story for the sport and we uh, we are hoping beyond hope that we will see you here in baltimore next week thank you for taking the time for us all right guys appreciate it thank you have a good one you too rick dawson owner of rich strike richie man i hope that horse is here i really hope that we get some good news tomorrow morning oh it'd be such a it would just such be like imagine all of this all this i'm seeing it everywhere it is wild to me to watch again the horse nobody ever heard of that is is getting people that don't care about horse racing are talking about this and sharing this video of this horse coming out of nowhere um, it's it's wild to see. There's been this in, in, fascination on social media with how this played out. Oh my God! I hope this horse is in Baltimore next week. Oh, it would just it'd just suck the life out of town if it doesn't work that way. But I, I mean, I get it. They're doing right by the horse, and that's the thing that matters, and that's what you want. You, you know, if you love animals, that's the responsible thing to do. Make sure you do right by the horse. But oh, oh, it would just be such a gut punch for the entire community, the entire sport, if uh, the horse isn't here. Thanks to Rick Dawson. Again, for taking the time for us this morning. And uh, they say they're going to know tomorrow. So we should expect an announcement about whether or not uh, we will see uh, Rich Strike here at the Preakness. Um, I know our next guest was happy because his favorite jockey won the Kentucky Derby. Drew Forrester, you, I guess, were thrilled because your favorite jockey, not Mike Smith, was victorious in the race on Saturday. And any, you know how I operate. Anyone but Mike Smith. It's a hundred percent. I know if I know anything about you, it's <laughs> as long as it's not the Flyers and as long as it's not Mike Smith, we're good. Correct. <laughs> That's the way that it works. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. Hey, and, and any we operate off of that theory. Anyone but the Flyers. And anyone but Mike Smith. I, I know that's how you that's how you live your life. Uh, how you holding up? By the way, when do I get my prize? What prize? What, what do you want? What prize um, do you want? You might want to look back at the pool that we did there. Old Drewski had May twentieth for when you guys finally dumped Paul. <laughs> you know, actually, uh, May uh, twenty. I had Drew. May twenty. I mean, I was pretty much no, almost no, right on it. No, Drew, you're actually a liar. <laughs> you- you said February twentieth. <laughs> What's oh, did the I? date that you said? I got it. Whoa, easy over there. Might be May eleventh, by the way. I could have sworn it was October twentieth. Yeah, it was somewhere didn't right take, around. Didn't take you long to come to your senses about sports broadcasting, huh, Paul? <laughs> it's easy over there. Didn't take you long. I still got my finger in it. I still got my finger in um, it. Uh, Laura so- said, um, Paul, "Are we going to be broke our whole lives?" And Paul's like, "Huh." Probably if I'm going to do sports, well, I, and think, then... I think she makes money, doesn't she? She was doing well. For, she does well for herself, yeah, she, doesn't she? She does. She does well. She does. She's the breadwinner for. I now. was going to say she's the breadwinner yeah. for now. Well, Glenn's familiar with that. Oh, am I ever? Am I ever? Don't lie, by the way. If there's anyone who understands suckling off the teat, it is your friend yeah. Glenn Clark. <laughs> right, right, right. I assure you, I know all about it. Right. Um, I had a couple things for you. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you uh, because I, 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 was, I had a tough Saturday night in betting. I bet Canelo Alvarez and I bet one of the UFC fights and didn't go my way. And so I was thinking to myself, okay. you, know, you know what I really want to do? I want to bet on Max Homa to win the golf tournament. Oh, and nice. so what I did is I tuned in to uh, Fairways and Greens on 105.7 The Fan at noon on Sunday, and I really want to – I just genuinely appreciate all the advice you gave during the show about betting Max Homa in the fourth round. I just wanted to thank well, you for, uh, I've for that I've been saying fine. for a while, 
he's a heck of a player. Yeah. And I've been saying that for a year. People don't want to uh, listen, but maybe they're going to listen now. Yeah, maybe they'll listen. Maybe, Max Homa's legit. Maybe maybe they'll listen. It was, it, it was good to I'm see you, buddy. bit by my dog. Knox, what? I'm on the radio. Stop. That's not good. Does it look like Rich well, Strike after the Kentucky Derby? It's, it's play. How about that? Did they, they fired that guy to punch that horse in the face, right? Yeah, I, I think that... Uh, or is that urban legend? I don't know if they fired him. I think that, like... I would, would, rough, we, had, we, had, we had the trainer on the other day, Eric Reed, and he was like, look, man, I had to apologize afterwards. He did everything right. He did everything right in that situation. So I had to apologize to that guy afterwards. And I was like, wow, okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that was an interesting it was a scene. encounter. That race was incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Um, the uh, race was incredible. I it, watched it again. I'm so stupid. I watched it again yesterday. Oh, I don't. And just watched the whole. just watched yeah. that horse the whole time. Oh, you watched from start to finish. See, I, no matter how many people share the overhead video of coming around the final turn on social media, and it's it's all you're seeing for the last few days is people just sharing that video and turning into like an inspirational quote about running your race. I don't care how many people share it. I'm going to watch it every time. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It was, it was I mean, it was literally the last 275 yards. Yep. He, it yep. was almost left in that. It was more like 220. He just, out of nowhere. Larry Colmas called his name one time in the race. That, correct. Right one time. One right. time Larry Colmas called his name in the race. And Larry had a great race call, by the way. It's not like he, he, he did anything wrong. It's the way the race went. There was no reason to call his name until it was right at the end. Right at the end. It was absolutely phenomenal. Yep. Uh, how are you holding up after the, uh, the Capitals thing the other night? Oh. You know exactly what's going to happen. They're going to go there tonight and win three to two. Yeah, they'll go there tonight and win three two, and they'll come home and they'll lose four three in double overtime, <laughs> and then they'll go they'll there and lose five one. You're used to this. But you already know what's going to happen. But, you know, okay, this, so so winning winning the Stanley winning the Stanley Cup has done nothing for you as far as changing what you're what you believe is going to happen every year. Have you watched the last three playoffs they've been in? No, I haven't. I think you know lost. the answer to that question. First round loss, second round loss, third round loss. Okay, but one of them they're... didn't count. It was played in front of nobody in Canada. Uh, okay, <laughs> but they're, they're they're look, they're still the Capitals. They won the Stanley Cup one time. I hear you, but they're still they're still the yeah. Cap. Yeah, but some of these guys are part of that team. Uh, correct. Why does but every the most important guy isn't, which is the goalie? Okay. Who, I by mean... the way, which is really odd. Might be coming back next year. Oh, really? Which is really weird. Yeah, it's weird. They're, They're not... talking now about bringing Hopi back. You, you just dumped him three years ago. That is really weird. That is really weird. You're not right, right about that. By the way, what's what? Why does everybody hate Barry Trotz? What's the deal with that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that is weird. Right now, again, the Islanders were a, a, a Stanley Cup contender, and you know, certainly this year, kind of flatlined. But I don't know. He's got there's something there, right? I, I mean, there's got to be, right? I mean, there has to be something there. This, to just, just fire the guy one year later? Like, after right. the last team ran you out, after you won the Stanley Cup, after right. you overcame you know, four decades of curses of a franchise? There's, right. there's got to be something there that we don't know about, right. right? Well, you would think. I mean, just the whole thing with the Capitals was bizarre. And... And if he did go in to leverage them, which is what everyone says, that's what you're supposed to do when you win. 
Right. If you, if I can't leverage you right. after I just won the first Stanley Cup for the franchise in 43 years, then when can I leverage I, I you? Shouldn't, I shouldn't be saying this out loud. We, we did a show last year with Tyus Bowser, right? And we had a great time. You came out and, and then disappeared right as I called you up. Thanks, thanks for that. Uh, it was really. Hey, uh, Drew Forrester's here. Drew, why don't you come? Well, it was it was crowded. Yeah, it was crowded, but I was anyway. Um, so we do the show with Tyus Bowser, and Tyus says, "Hey, I, I want to come back and and do another season with you guys." Which is, as you know, that's unusual in this business. Most right, sure. most of these guys do a year. Uh, by the way, I've got quite the track record of guys who bail right. out after a year. Right, Most right. of these guys do a year's worth of shows, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm 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 good. I don't need to. I don't need to do this again." Well, it becomes a significant imposition on them, and and, and they they go into it. They go into it in an accommodating nature. With this is like the Flacco thing when I did the ghostwriting. Hey, Joe, yeah, and, you, and, and, and four, week, four weeks in, he just said, "Write whatever the f you want. Just write what you want, and don't get right. me in trouble." Right. Like they go into it with good intentions, and then after about the fifth week, they go, "I gotta." Yeah, this is a burden. You know, right. 100%. Gotta go down to Hartford Road again and do right. this thing, and it's just right. It's so, a burden, a hundred percent. So Tyus says, "No, I, w- I want to do another year," and I was completely caught off guard. So I'm chatting about it with um, with Rita the other day, and I'm like, "I, I don't, you know, because we got to start selling it. That's the way it works. Now that we know Tyus is in, we got to start selling it." And so I said, "Hey, um, I, I guess we can use the same packages as last year." And I said, oh, unless Tyus asked for more. And then I was like, it would be insane to me if Tyus didn't ask for more, right? Like, it, the show went well. It was, as you saw, we had huge crowds, right? Like, like it'd be nuts to me if, if he wouldn't kind of turn around and say, yeah, you add another, you know, 50% to whatever it is that you were paying me last year. And right. I'll do it again. Like, I'm completely with you. When you succeed, of course you're going to ask for more. <laughs> but... Yeah, I mean, if you can't, like, that's what Flacco did, right? If I can't leverage you after we won, when when can I leverage exactly, you? Exactly, exactly. So the Barry Trotz thing is definitely bizarre. There's, there's got to be something there. There has to be something there that we don't know about. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just not a player's coach. And in this day and age, and, and this is why, like, if you look, I don't think it's a coincidence that the Mets are doing well. No, certainly they added some quality players. But, like, those dudes like playing for Buck. Yep. They just do. 100. Players have always liked playing for Buck. Maybe Machado didn't, but that was probably more on Machado. Than uh, I don't. I don't think that's the case at all. I think Machado loved playing for Buck, as we have okay. to understand. Yeah, maybe Buck didn't like having Machado. But uh, I, I think you. I think there were certainly moments. Yeah. I definitely think right. there were moments where where he was like, Dude, but I think that's the doing? difference. Maybe maybe Trotz just isn't a player's coach. And maybe I don't know. It's weird. It's weird that that would be the guy that could win a Stanley Cup. I mean, it's just right. weird that that would work out that way. Um, all right. So I I had two thoughts for you. One. Um, are you going to go to the game on Monday night? Um, I won't. Okay. Um, but you know, I'm eagerly anticipating it. I think it's going to be whenever they announce it, it'll be, it'll be the hottest ticket. I, you know, maybe it'll be the hottest ticket since 2014. Like, like, do you think that there's going to be 5,000 more people there on Monday night? Or do you think this is going to be... Like, there could be a legitimate thirty to 40,000-person crowd on Monday night. Uh, well, I think some of that, I haven't looked ahead, but I think some of that would depend on the weather. If it's a nice May night like this, and, and again, when are they going to announce this? Are they waiting until Saturday, or are they going to announce it today? Like, mm. people have lives. Yeah. You know, if you said to me right now, hey, dude, Friday night, I you know, I got XXX, do you want to go? I, dude, I got something going on. You right say that you just, you, drove to, about, you just drove to Virginia to see Gavin DeGraw I know, on a Sunday. What? But if you said to me, 
in two Fridays, do you want to do something? I, I, I might have that open. So if they say today, hey, Monday is Adley Rutschman's debut, which right. is what it's going to be, I think people are going to make plans for that. I think they'll have 25,000 people there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think I do. I think I don't think it's going to be like the Weeders thing was sold out, but it was a Friday night. Right. This is this how is, far in advance did we know about the Weeders thing? A week was it? I was about yeah. a week. The, I remember the, the next day, my they, buddy. Didn't I they announce it on Sunday? Did they? Okay, you might be right. I, I just thought don't they remember. announced it on a Sunday game. I think and, they announced yeah. it on Sunday afternoon, and he he debuted the following yeah, the Friday uh, night. It was yeah. definitely a Friday night. He's one hundred percent right. It was a Friday Detroit. night. Yeah, right. right. Which does so, it, yes, that does make a significant difference. I think that I think they have a good chance to have twenty five thousand people there. The, the the influx in New York people won't be much because it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But they'll they'll. I think they could have twenty or twenty five thousand people there for sure. Um, Legitimately, Paul yeah. has to go Sunday night to see Limp Bizkit God. play at the UMBC. By the way, I, I, I've seen. I, I don't even know. I, I've seen 200. Oh, uh, maybe. oh God. Hang on a second. I just, I just looked it up. Monday p.m. thunderstorms. Uh, oh, It'll be all right. Well, God. That, yeah, that, that <laughs> means sunny in 84. Yeah, that's um, fair. I've seen 150 live concerts in my life. This show I saw the other night was top five of all time. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't oh, believe. I, and don't get me wrong. I like top five. I like Gavin DeGraw top, fine. Top he's, five. He's fine. I, I definitely like top the five. song. I don't believe that. There's just no top way. Five. There's no way that's true. It 100 percent is true. Top five. And, and here's how. Here's how great it was. I'm thinking about driving to Philly Wednesday to see it again. You have a problem. Bro, you have that's a, how great it was. You you try to line up like it was Brad Stevens. You try to line up and high five him as he was walking. Oh, I would have. Will he get your vote for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't think. I don't think he's going to end up on the ballot, man. Uh, I don't yeah, think I don't the, think. I don't, I don't think. think but let me tell you, there's a lot of creeps that made it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that don't belong. Jesus, so excited. You were so excited it, about Gavin DeGraw. When was the last time Gavin, Gavin DeGraw had a hit? When was that? Table. He's had more hits than you've made right turns on red. Well, I know that's. Well, hang on a second. Right. That's not true. Actually, stop. You don't turn on stop. red. No, I do. That's the point. Like he's definitely not had more. Hit. Gavin DeGraw has had some hits. But like Drew's two. making it seem like he's had forty. Like he hasn't had forty hits. He's had like six. I can name two. He's had he's had more than Blue Oyster Cult. That might be true. I I have to do. I have to think about that. It's possible that's true. And I like that first record that Gavin put. And by the way, I actually kind of like the second record. Um, Top five show I've ever seen in my life. There's just I don't believe you. I don't. Well, I, I'm just I, telling I, you. I think you're using hyperbole now because you went nope. in, in recency bias. I think it's both of nope. those things. Top five of all time. The one. I actually, I was really into Gavin DeGraw once. It's not a joke. I probably saw him five times. <laughs> like I was really into him uh, when those first couple of records came out. All right, you want to play a little? Would you rather? Is there what else is going on in your world? You're still a week away from the PGA, right? So PGA. Um. Yep. I'm on to the number eight on my top ten. Uh, helping a little bit wagering wise. Wa- uh, wagering wise. Um. And, you know, looking forward to it. Uh, Tiger's going to play. It looks like Phil's going to play. Might be Phil's last tournament, but Phil's going to play. And um, it should be good. The golf course looks great. So, should be it. I haven't been a big fan of the May PGA, but this one's pretty exciting because the right, golf course so, looks like so it's going to be great. So, tell me, give me the, don't, don't get, not for 10 minutes, give me the two-minute version of what they did this week and, and with the with the with Saudi situation. Like, what, what matters? What's the fallout from it? It's, um, the players that requested releases from the tour. So if you want to play in a, in a, an event that competes against the tour that week outside of the U S 
because inside the U.S., if there were an event, you, you can't get a release. But outside of the U.S., if you want to go play in Scotland or you want to go play in Australia, or you want to go play in Japan, and there's a PGA tournament the same week, you have to get a release. Historically, they've granted those. Yesterday, they told whatever number of players there were that requested the release, they won't say, they told those players no. So they're basically saying you're either them or us. Correct. This is the... This is like the final, whatever you want to call it. Like this yep. is the final piece of evidence that says that the PGA Tour and the European Tour, because the European Tour did the same thing. They're called it's now called the DP Tour, but they they did the same thing. They both sent out I, the I, same I, message. I, I did not realize DP Doe had that type of money in order to be able to, to spawn. <laughs> I had no clue. So, I, know, I know they're doing well. They, they got a new Towson location, but I didn't know they were doing that. Right. Well. Oh. They both sent out the same message, which is to say. You, and, the, and the European Tour is doing it next week. You know, they it, the, the event is in London. The European Tour is saying no, and now the PGA Tour is saying no. None of you can go play. I, I shouldn't say that. They're not saying you can't go play. What they're saying is they aren't granting you a release to play. And if you do go, then you'll be in violation of your of the agreement with the PGA Tour. So, who's, so that's the loose... That's, okay. And, and, and there's going to be guys that go. Right. I mean, so Garcia's definitely Sergio's going, and, and at some point, Mickelson's going to go, I, right? I think Westwood is going to go, um, and then whatever the tour decides. The, the tour will have to treat, even if Robert Garrigus goes, who no one knows, he, he, the tour will have to treat every one of these guys exactly the same. They'll have to... They, they will suspend them, and they won't be allowed to play in any tour events, and that's when the... That's when the whole legal thing will then blossom into um, you're denying me the right to work. And the tour is going to say, we're not denying you the right to work at all. You're working. Right. You're, you're working for that other other circuit. Right. Keep working for them. Right. So that's what's going to happen. Okay. It's, I mean, it's like, going it, to get ugly. And, I, I, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. But, I mean, I, I think it's going to just come down to the PGA Tour is going to say, you you you're making money playing golf, right? You're just not making money playing golf for us anymore, right? I don't right. know. I don't. I don't know if there's precedent for this, right? I like, don't I, think any of the big names. I personally think and you can whatever you want to say about Garcia being a big name anymore. I think Garcia will be the biggest name that goes, and I don't think any of the top American guys will go. Okay. I, I just don't see that. Like. Could Kevin Nod go? Maybe. Who right. cares? Right. Jason Kokrak? Who cares? Maverick McNeely? Who cares? But like Kepka, Spieth, ha- um, um, Hovland, all of right. them. Chi Morikawa. Th- none of those guys are going. Right. Right. All the all the big names. All the big yeah, names. They're not going. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, let's play Would You Rather Wednesday. It's brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill spring seasonal menu still available through the end of the month. It includes the baseball cut sirloin. It includes the Cracker Jack Sunday, the opener, the flash fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce. Oh, I'm just salivating thinking about it. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. Uh, would you rather number one? Would you rather? I don't know if you heard. The Baltimore Orioles are playing some good baseball of late. Uh, mm-hmm. 13 and 17. Uh, I'm aware, but they've won seven of their last ten, my friend. I'm not sure. Correct, uh, and they're thirteen seventeen overall. Yes, but they've won seven. Headed, of, headed towards a seventy-four win year. I, yep, go ahead. Well, yes, but they've won seven of their last ten. Did Did you not get the memo? They've won seven of their last ten. Not sure. Yeah, if, they're thirteen seventeen. Right, overall. but they've won seven of the last ten. Uh, would you yeah. rather the Orioles throw caution to the wind and try to take advantage okay. of the last week and a half 
by going ahead right now. And before the Tiger series begins, they call up all of Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, D.L. Hall, and Gunnar Henderson and say, the hell with it, we're going for it. Or, no, wait, call Adley up at home and let the others fall in in the next couple of weeks, where, wherever it makes sense. Oh, you got to call him up at home. I, you and I are, are in agreement about that. Yeah, I mean, you got to call him up at home from a business standpoint. Yep. You, I, I realize they'd still be making that home debut, but you you got so much pomp and circumstance surrounding it, you got to call him up at home. Number two, you're I, either way, I got good news for you. And I guess you're your own boss, so this is awkward, but... You're going to start making an extra $100 a day. Congratulations. That's $25,000 oh a year that you're going to start right. making, right? right? But there's a trade-off for it. Okay. It's, it's either because you're going to work an extra hour every day. Okay. Or it's going to be because, did you did you hear what the Orioles did to Kyle Bradish last night after uh, he had a big I, start? I did. <laughs> you will be, at some point during the course of the day, you will be pelted with mayo, barbecue sauce, milk, berries, Whatever it is that the powers that be want to pelt you with, you will not know when it's coming, and you will have to clean it up. Mm, I'll just take the extra hour of work. Okay. And number three, would you rather? Schedule's coming out tomorrow night. Is this somehow going to allow me to poke fun at John in Arkansas? <laughs> what does John have to do with any of this? Because if not, I feel, I feel like you I'm feel missing like cheated? out <laughs> You feel cheated? What is your beef with? What is <laughs> I don't. I don't. Th- I I have understood a lot of your beefs over the years. Right. In fact, I've been on board with many of your beefs over the years. <laughs> right. We you, crushed yeah, that guy up yeah. in Norfolk County for a week. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> we got so much content out of him. Right. We uh. I, you got me sued once upon a time with your beef. I believe. Oh that was no, your, no no no. That, oh, you think it was the other way around? Lost, I don't but, think that's. But right. anyway, yeah. But I've, I, I have been. What, I don't know what happened. There. I have been on board with you for many. Right. I don't understand this one even a little bit. Right. Would you rather the, I'll explain it someday. Okay. Would you rather the Ravens' first three and final three games of the season are all divisional games for the purpose of balance, or would you rather the first set of division games come closer to the middle of the season? Uh, you know, I think everybody would. I mean, I think having your last three games be against. But I'm giving. Three. I'm giving you the last three in either scenario. I'm only doing the the you put the first three either at the beginning of the season or the middle of the season. Oh oh oh, I see. Um, probably in the middle. Okay, give us a, give us a chance to beat up on some of these scrub teams we've got to play, like Tampa Bay and some of these other bums. Okay, but you know you know you can get you can get hurt during those games, and then yeah, sure. Okay, just just making sure you remember that. That's all. It doesn't matter. We're not beating the Bengals anyway. Wow. Wow. I thought, you know, some of us actually like the team. I'm not sure if you heard. <laughs> They're going to sweep the Bengals. If the Ravens this year. don't beat the Bengals this year, then we need an overhaul. I don't know. The Bengals, team, the Bengals are good. I'm not sure if you're Yeah, but they were good last year because they caught lightning in a bottle and okay. we had every guy on the team hurt. I don't know if you heard that. The Burrow guy's okay. He's, he is good. He's decent. I mean, he's the best. Now, I'll say this and then hang up. He's the best quarterback in the division. You're not wrong. He is. Yeah, there's I mean, no doubt at, about that. At the moment, but, anyway, he is, for sure. This is this is a 13-4 and four Ravens team if they're healthy. <sighs> I hope you're right about that. I, well, I hope they're healthy. All right, uh, what's coming up on Fairways and Greens Sunday on 105.7? We're going to be up on John and Little Rock in the first segment. <laughs> sure. Why on not? Sunday. Why It'll be for an audience of one. <laughs> we're gonna. Um, I got. We got a lot of cool stuff going on Sunday. Um, we got. A, we got three local teams in the United States Amateur Four Ball um, event down in Birmingham this week. So we're going to talk to one of those guys. 
just talk a little bit about that event. It's the, probably the second biggest amateur golf event in the country. And we have three local teams of two going down, so it's qualified, so that's cool. Um, and, you know, we'll do some more PGA stuff, and we're finishing our toughest 18 of the private courses in the area, the toughest 18 holes. So um, I'll, I'm excited. I'll see you on uh, Sunday at 1 o'clock. I can't. I can't. I can't wait. Well, you'll be on at noon. Maybe you should clarify that. But, yes, I yeah, will see Yeah, 12 to you. 1, and yep. I'll see you and uh, yeah. your pretty co-host at 1 I'll, o'clock. I'll look forward to it. I'm the pretty co-host. Let's, let's, oh, be, uh, let's be fair about that. Gotcha. And it's a hood and, of, and then there is a segment now where we do beat up on John a little while. I can't wait for that. It's a hood show. on Twitter. DrewsMorningDish.com. All right, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. We'll see you guys. See Bye. You. It's Drew Forrester. I, I don't know what's going on there. All right. Uh, number one, would you rather? Orioles call everybody up. You're the one who wants Grayson Rodriguez to start on Thursday. They call everybody up right now. They say the hell with nah, it. Let's take advantage. Gunnar Henderson's not ready. And, well, I don't know if Gunnar Henderson's and, and, not ready and or not. DL Hall has to get. I, more actually, things. the just funny, call, the just funny, call him up when, it, when I think the when, funny thing is that Gunnar Henderson's the one you can make the best argument for. Like, if there's something that's missing from this team, it's like maybe somebody who could play a middle infield position. Yeah, no, I, I I saw how badly he struggled when he moved to Aberdeen and then from Aberdeen to Bowie last year. Uh, I don't think he's quite uh-huh. ready yet. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I'm, I'm going, just call him up when it's deemed the appropriate uh-huh. time. It's very good. Number two. You work the uh, extra hour. Extra hour. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I can work an extra hour to make it. It's actually an extra $26,000 a year. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I, I can work an extra hour to make an extra twenty six thousand. Are you that's doing a, it? But a, you're, did you do that math by 365 days? No, I did it by 52 weeks. I did that math too. 52 times 500 is twenty six. Thousand. Uh, you might be right. I'm 100%. You might be right about that. I don't know if you up. know this. I'm like the rain man when it comes to, oh, to, to simple math. Um, here's the deal. I what jumps out at me is that the other thing would not take nearly as long as an hour, right? The other thing would be cleaning it up. Yeah, you sure. Take it would. an hour to clean it up. No, to clean yourself up and then clean yes, it up. My God, it's not going to take you an hour. It took me no ten, chance. I, I dropped a, a two pound jar of peanuts and it bur- burst open all over. Uh-huh. It took me five to ten minutes to clean that up. Yeah, so that's picking up every little peanut. Well, I I mean, I'm saying using a vacuum and then emptying the vacuum and then using it again to get the rest, it took me five to ten minutes. Okay, that's five to ten minutes. It's not going to take you that long. It's oh. not going to take you an hour to clean it all up. Now, it's the it's there's two things that go into it. It's the the frustrating part of not knowing when it's coming. And it's, it's you feel like you're living in jackass constantly. Like you just mm-hmm. feel like you like you know it's going to happen. You just don't know when. And so it's that's messing with you all day and probably making you less productive because of it, right? But then the secondary part of it is, I think, the the humiliating nature of it, which is everybody knows I'm now like the punching bag in the office. Everyone realizes that I've kind of sold my soul for an extra $26,000. So... An extra hour isn't really selling your soul. That's what I'm talking about—the taking the the fruit and all that. No. Taking the, that's oh, gotcha. selling your soul. That's not the extra hour. Um, I, it is tricky for me on the flip side because I don't really have an extra hour at this point. Like it would basically mean that I'd have to give something else up in my life in order to work an extra hour. And with the trade-off being, I'm getting twenty-six thousand dollars in order to do that. So, like, you know, I'm I should probably be willing to. You said your kids aren't going to college anyway; just less family time. Yeah, that's good. That's smart, right? Like, yeah, just let them, just go ahead and let them move on to their life as miscreants. Uh, we'll just go <laughs> ahead and advance that. I, I'm, I, this one is a genuinely tough one for me because 
I'm also the guy that likes to be the like entertainment. And there's a part of me that would be like, yeah, sure, the hell, hit me with the barbecue sauce. We'll celebrate, right? And there's a difference in like somebody doing it in a festive way and doing it in a mean way, like where you feel like you're being hazed. I don't know. It's probably not the end of the world. I think it would take you about 15 minutes to clean up. That's what I think. And you can count it into the work that you're doing during the course of the day. Now, That's d- the point. Just, you don't have just, to add that time on, the, the time that you stay at work. Just it's a all basic part. cleanup, or is it like, a, I'm not doing like you, a have deep, to, you have to get all the I'm crevices not doing a deep cleaned cl- up? No, man. There's got to be... There's what a, if it's on carpet? Then I'm going to do the best that I can. And if what I, I do doesn't work, then they're going to have to hire somebody else, man. I'm going to do, do a 15-minute cleanup job. And whatever the amount of time is it takes to clean up is being built in to the amount of time I put in at work anyway. So... Give me, give me, mm-hmm. give me the extra loop. Yeah. The, the the uh the extra two grand a month is uh. Well, you're getting the money plus. either way. Oh, you, you're you get the, the money, money no matter what. Oh. That's the point. Everybody's struggling with this. I had to rewrite it three times because everybody's struggling with it. You're getting the money either way. You're either getting it to work an extra hour every day or ah, uh, see, I missed the to two take on in front of allow. to to take on the Kyle Bradish thing every day. Yeah, no, it, it's 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 still All it's right. still an extra hour. And number three. Um, I'd rather have all six games played before the end of the season, not but, but you're trying to cheat. Uh, no, I'm, that's just my preference. I get, I, I know what the question is. I, I, I'd rather have the first three to start the year and first three to end the year. Cause if you can, if you lose, you either start off like gangbusters and get a big leg up early in the season, or it doesn't, it goes poorly. You have the rest of the season to try. You have what? 12 weeks to, or 11 weeks to try and rebound and bounce back and maybe you're playing your best football by the time you get to those final three games and it's a different story so give them beginning and end um uniquely this season people are are mentioning the fact that the ravens have a lot of players that are coming off of injury and we don't know if they're definitely going to be like gung-ho for week one so the argument that i'm getting is that uniquely this year it's better to have them stacked up in the middle because Mm -hmm. you you just want to make sure that Tyus Bowser, Ronnie Stanley, the running backs, all of them are all good to go by the time you play those games. So uniquely, I'm getting the answer that for this year alone, you'd rather have him in the middle of the season. The 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 the, the guy, the leak guy that everybody's talking about, has them playing the Bengals in Week One on Sunday Night Football. And the Browns in Week Two. So that would be the scenario that we're talking about where you play the division games at the start of the year. Continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We will continue to share them. Somebody's winning a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill. When we come back in, tidbit tubular to wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman, diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens' 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations including 60 royal farm stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the orioles ravens and terps at pressboxonline.com that first sip that first bite Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. 
It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help. Running in when others run away. Working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people. People like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. GloryDaysGrill.com to find out more. Great food, good sports. We can't imagine why you'd want to, but you can watch GCR live. It's at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And try to guess whether these guys are wearing any pants. If you missed Simply the Bets yesterday, you can find it right now. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. PressBoxOnline.com. And then click on or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Easy for me to say. Or YouTube.com slash PressBox. Man, I really, I really screw myself up when I do these things. Because there's so many different places where I'm telling people to go. It's YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. I work myself into like a lather trying to remember all of the different things that we are doing here. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. You can find Simply the Bets, which we do, as I just said, every, or as Paul just said, every Tuesday. 11.40 a.m. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. All right, let's wind down for the day. We'll get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you by the Baltimore Police. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good. BPDrecruit.org. All right. The other night, Josh Naylor went three for three with an RBI double, three-run home run, and a grand slam from the eighth inning on in the Guardians' comeback victory over the White Sox. With the performance, Naylor became the first player since 1920 to drive in eight or more runs from the eighth inning on. Now, bear with me because I'm giving context here. The Orioles themselves. I have will had, not. <laughs> the Orioles themselves have had some epic individual performances. Manny Machado on August 18, 2017, hit three home runs against the Angels, including a walk-off grand slam and drove in seven. Cal Ripken on June 13, 1999, went six for six with two home runs and six RBIs in a 21 to one thrashing of the Braves. And on May 28, 1996, hit three home runs and drove in eight against the Mariners. Mm-hmm. Chris Hoyles hit two grand slams to drive in eight versus the Indians back in 1998, and Eddie Murray hit three home runs and drove in nine against the Angels. Back in 1985. Mm -hmm. Despite those performances, only Ripken in 96 and Murray in 85 drove in 100 runs in that particular season. 
Only six Orioles have ever driven in 120 runs in a season. The feat accomplished seven times. Who are they? Uh, wow, 120. So you know somebody did it twice. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris Davis. Chris Davis, 138 in 2013. Um, Miguel Tejada. Miguel Tejada, 150 in uh, 2004, the most in Orioles franchise history. Is it really 150? Mm-hmm. Why do I not remember it? Yeah, he didn't win that? MVP that year. Well, they weren't very good. Well, they, they went 78 and 84. They weren't very good. Like, it's just... Scored the fourth most runs in franchise history that I, year. I hear you and all of the above. They just weren't very good. And the highest team batting average that year. In I, you keep history. saying all these things. They weren't very good. The offense was. The it's pitching fine. sucked. They weren't very good. Um, I, I'm, what I'm confused by, are you saying the people that you named aren't on the list? Because that was their... like Frank Robinson, I assume, had 120 in his... Frank Robinson drove in 122 yeah, that's in 1966. All right. How so about three? You've got three left, including the person who did it twice. Person did it twice. Uh, Raphael Palmero. He did it twice. 121 in 1998 and 142 in 1996. So you've got two left. And it's not Cal- it's not Caloretti. No, but Eddie. Eddie is okay. Uh, yeah. All right. I'm I'm just Eddie drove in 124 in that season, okay. 1985. All right, so I'm missing one. You're missing one. I got a chance to go six for six. Nelson Cruz. No, damn, he drove in 108 that year. He sucked. Mm-hmm. Good thing they got rid of him. Uh, Boog Pal is MVP season. Boog Pal, 114 in 1970. So six for seven. Damn. Close. Damn. That would have been nice. That would have been fun. That would have been fun to have gone. Good old Boog. I was going to guess Jim Gentile next. That was going to be my next guess. I don't know how many he had. Would have been 61, Let 62. Me, uh, so what year would that have been? 61. It's still the all-time uh, highest slugging percentage, yeah. 646. Let me uh, see where Jim Gentile ranks on this list. Oh, I'm sorry. Jim Gentile's on that list. So it's seven guys who did it. It's seven guys who did it eight times. I, I skipped over him by accident. We had seven. No, we didn't. It was Jim Gentile. He drove in 141 in 1961. Ah, ah so I would have been seven for eight. Yeah. I would have been even better. Yeah. You are seven for eight. Get it. I am seven for eight. Hell yeah. I'm the man. Anyway, tubular. Brought to you today by um, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Where you can feel like the man. You're there for all the big events. You reserve your spot, your reclining chair, reserve table, that 100-foot media wall. Watch all the games. Get your bets in on their 61 self-service kiosks. FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland. Email events at sportssocialmd.com in order to reserve your spot, whether it's for a playoff game, Champions League final, PGA Championship final round, Javante Davis, Orlando Romero later on in the month, all sorts of great events for you to be in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. 
Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise. Orioles-Cardinals, again, game two. Tonight, 745 on Masson 2. Spencer Watkins, Miles. It's McCullis, correct? Because I believe for years I called him Mikolas. McCullis. McCullis. Masson for Mets Nationals at 7. MLB Network, Blue Jays-Yankees at 1230. Phillies-Mariners at 330. YouTube, Brewers-Reds at 1230. Fox Sports 1, Rays-Angels at 7. ESP at 7? They're playing. I guess maybe it's a getaway day. Why would they be playing a four o'clock game in Anaheim? If they've been they've been playing since Monday, so it's probably a getaway day. Did a getaway day? Okay. ESPN two for Game Five: Capitals Panthers tonight at seven thirty. It's also on NBC Sports Washington. ESPN is Game Five between the Penguins and Rangers at seven. Stars Flames Game Five at nine thirty. TNT Bucks Celtics pivotal Game Five at seven, and then Warriors Grizzlies Game Five at nine thirty with the Warriors having a chance to close out the Grizzlies. CBS Sports Network for uh, New York Liberty, Chicago Sky at 8, USA for Watford and Everton at 2.45, TBS for AEW Dynamite at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Um, yeah, your favorite uh, night of television, the Goldbergs at 8, the Wonder Years at 8.30, the Connors at 9, and Home Economics at 9.30 I, on I, ABC. I like one of those shows. <laughs> I mean, I don't even really like... I like None of those shows are shows that I particularly enjoy. They just... They're on sometimes. Yeah, they're, you, but you, you're that person who starts a show and you have to finish um, it. Yes, but so it's, it's wasn't more, Home Economics one of those shows. Home Economics is one of those shows. It's a it's agreeable enough that like if you just need to put something on in the background while you're doing something, you can do it and you don't have to think much as you're watching. It's like you can't watch Ozark distracted. You can't watch certain shows distracted. Um, you can watch these shows plenty distracted, and they get to the end and you realize you don't know what happened in it, and you're mm-hmm. like that. That's quite fine. I I've never watched the Connors. I have no idea if the Connors is is neither. Pleasant I didn't or like not. Roseanne when I was a kid. Um, but and I've, I've never watched Roseanne either. But the other three, um, and actually, the Wonder Years is 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 cute. It's just so saccharine that like there's just nothing there. Mm-hmm. But um, again, got didn't you else. Watch, didn't you start the Goldbergs too? Oh no, I've I've the Goldbergs has been dreadful. It like the Goldbergs was fun for a season. Mm-hmm. And then it's just been awful. I mean like just there's nothing there. It's the same formulaic crap every week. Just, just remember this thing. Spearing, from, yeah, guys. exactly, right. Remember this thing. Well, he's, you know, he's actually a character on the show. Um Is he really? Yeah, he is. Uh, he plays uh, the the gym teacher. It's, I mean, he's not in every every episode, but he's a re- regular character on That's the crazy. show. Um but like it's just the same formulaic crap, and it's hey, remember this thing from the '80s? Like it's just there's nothing there, and it's a shame because there are talented people involved. Although Jeff Garland's no longer involved because apparently he was kind of a prick. Um, you know, it's it's just there. That's all it is. It it was a show that was ready to be put down a couple of seasons ago, and they just continue to do it for whatever reason. Like The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, a lot. I mean, it's. I mean, The Walking Dead was a better show. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. Like when, when The Walking Dead was good, it was a good show. The Goldbergs was always at its best, just kind of agreeable, mm-hmm. right? It's barely even agreeable any longer because you're like, you, you have nothing to say. You just have nothing. There is no art here. It's just you're going through the motions again. It's the exact same thing every week, just with some different piece of nostalgia somehow thrown in. Like, this week we're going to do a Ghostbusters theme to telling the same story. This week we'll do a – what? it's just a bunch of 80s stuff that are thrown in there. Right. Uh, and the week of retreads, people that you just hadn't heard from in a long time, continues on the, on the uh, late night shows. you got Dana Carvey on Jimmy Kimmel Live tonight, and you've got Jimmy Buffett on uh, The Tonight Show. 
tonight. Uh, and then on Disney Plus, Marvel Studios Assembled, The Making of Moon Knight, and The Quest. Both are premiering tonight. All right. Uh, thanks today to Daniel Falele. Thanks also to... Um Oh, God, man. Oh, I, sorry. Rick Dawson, the owner of Rich Strike. My brain just... Drew Forrester joined us, and we made our weekly trip to Bowie. We chatted with Garrett Stallings, who was part of a no-hitter this weekend. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hit section of the... Archives. Tab at glennclarkradio.com. Trey Chaney, who played Poot on The Wire and is now Gordon Hawk in We Own This City. I'm excited about that. We'll talk to Poot tomorrow on GCR. Are we going to do Norfolk tomorrow? Uh, I believe so. I'm okay. just waiting to get back on him for him to get back to me on who it's going to be. All right, N- Norfolk tomorrow to be announced, and uh, big the big part of the day tomorrow. Paul eating his mustard watermelon. I am looking forward to that <laughs> a great deal. And with any luck, uh, has a medical episode live on the show, and it'll be great for ratings. I mean, I might get sued. Paul dies on the air. Oh God! If you're gonna die, Paul, please have the decency to do it on the air. All right. That's just that's all I'm asking. I don't want you to die. I want to make that very clear. I do not want you to die. But if you're going to, please do it on the air. All right? Turn it into a nice viral moment. We'll get a lot of... Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll send Mrs. Valley some of the, the, the checks that come along with that. All right? All right. All right? That's a promise from me to you, Fair my enough. friend. It's tomorrow on GCR. Thanks, everybody, at Pressbox. All of our great sponsors and partners, including... Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Baltimore Police, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Paul. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Valley the Third. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Glenn Clark Radio. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex. Ryan is how you follow him. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.